Using gerrymandering, voter suppression, and other nefarious tactics, the Republican Party has manipulated our electoral system to maintain as much control as possible despite being a party in the minority. Liberal Dan Radio seeks to change that, and I need your help in doing so. Liberal Dan Radio has partnered with Levelfield to help us use tools that are typically only available to big money donors. When you go to stopthecoup.liberaldan.com and make your contribution, it will encourage other voters to reach out to their legislators to pass legislation to stop gerrymandering and voter suppression and target elected officials who refuse to protect the vote. Every eligible voter should be able to cast a ballot, and that ballot should have the same power as everyone else. I can't do this alone. I need your help. So please go to stopthecoup.liberaldan.com and make your contribution today. That's stopthecoup.liberaldan.com. Stopthecoup.liberaldan.com. Political advertising paid for by Levelfield. Contributions are not tax deductible as charitable contributions. That is 914-803-4131. Uh, you can also join us in the chat room at youtube.com slash liberaldanradio on the live. Uh, if you're listening after the live broadcast, you can leave your comments, questions, concerns, etc. on the show thread at liberaldan.com, on the episode thread at, liberal, the episode thread at liberaldan.com, easy for me to say, uh, over on facebook.com slash liberaldan or at liberaldanradio on Twitter or here on YouTube, uh, youtube.com slash liberaldanradio, and you can leave your comments after the fact. Um, we have a bunch of stuff to talk about today. Um, and as you heard in the beginning intro music, and, and we'll, we'll play that commercial again later on just so we can hear that ad again, um, when we're talking about uh, Stopping the Coup, uh, which is one of my projects, stopthecoup.liberaldan.com. I did find out that I have one contributor to it so far. So I had, that's one more than I thought that I had. That's one of the things if, if you, you know, I definitely prefer, honestly, to, to, if you become a patron first <laughs> before doing Stop the Coup. Uh, but uh, if you are going to do, um, if you are going to do uh, support Stop the Coup, I would appreciate that as well. But I appreciate, do the patron, do the Patreon first, patreon.com slash liberal band. Uh, I just changed some things on the Patreon, did a little housekeeping yesterday. Uh, oh, shout out to uh, Kinky Streets, Aaron West. Thank you both for joining us so far. I'm sure we'll have more trickling in as the show goes on. Uh, but I, I did adjust uh, the benefits so that if you are, um, if you're an OG, if, you, if you're under the OG uh, listing, you are able to you are able to get a special prize if you are a patron for 12 months. Um, for some reason, it wouldn't let me list that option as something because without charging me sales tax, I'm not selling those items. I'm giving them away for free as as awards for people who do uh, stay a patron for 12 plus months. Um, so um, 
So if you go to patreon.com slash simple fan, you can see all those options there and you can get in on the, get in on the ground floor, as they say. Um, hey, Jolie, how's it going? I appreciate you joining us as well. Um, so w- one of the things on the, on the shirts, you know, that I wanted to put like, you know, master debater and cunning linguist and stuff like that. Um, and I didn't know whether or not to call that the Patreon tiers or not. And I figured, I figured it out, figured it out, uh, how to, how to, who to label, you know, where to use those labels. Those labels are going to come in where, if I can get to a thousand subscribers here on YouTube, if I get monetized on YouTube, that's what I'm going to do. That's how that, those are going to be some of the tier levels. One of them is going to be master debater. One of them is going to be cunning linguist. And one of them will have to be, uh, something else maybe something about having your button pushed i don't know because <laughs> that oh that was interesting if you did not see the <laughs> the uh the six hour live stream i did on thursday wooey, uh just to give you a, a little refresher on that um hey jill jill carter thank you for joining us in the in the chat um the uh live stream on thursday went six hours long and I was going over, I went over four of this guy on YouTube, V Radio, um, four of his uh, videos to kind of see where I believe he had it wrong um, because he thinks he's always right. And I mean, a lot of people who like to hear themselves talk or like to talk on YouTube probably always think themselves right, but I'm not that type of person. I think that if you prove me wrong, I will gladly admit it. Uh, so um, he's this, this guy is part he used to be part of occupy wall street and i think i kind of had an understanding he was a bernie supporter as well but he's you know also pro second amendment pro pro lots of things that are just you know seem to be counterintuitive Uh, but at the end of the day i think i kind of realized the problem uh with with why bernie sanders maybe lost the election why he couldn't get that traction, like in the South and the Southern Democrats, many of whom are uh, black voters who uh, see the racial inequities in the society. And, and it all stems back to the, the type of thinking because Bernie Sanders basically runs on the idea that if you're, if you fix the economic issues, everything else works itself out. That's not true. And that people, people don't, don't believe that. Um, that's what Occupy was trying to say too. That's what B radio is trying to say. B radio doesn't like woke culture because he believes that woke culture, i.e. the people who are trying to worry about other issues like, you know, black pe- the rights of black people and other marginalized folks in this country to not be assaulted by the police and the, the rights of uh, you know, LGBTQA folks to just basically exist. Um, yeah, you know, if, he believed that if you just solve those problems fiscally, to solve the fiscal problems in this nation, that everything else works itself out of the wash. And that's just, again... It's not true. It doesn't work. So it's possible that tomorrow I may do another one. I may do another, not hopefully not a six hour podcast, six hour broadcast or live reaction, but the same guy uh, showed me somebody else's video and he was like, I want you to watch this one. And I'm like, I'm not going to be taking requests from him much longer. However, I am, what I am going to be doing is I will be, uh, I'll be looking at that one. I want to see how badly he misinterpreted what this guy says versus how he represents uh, critical race theory as, because well, how he under- represents critical race theory and how he understands it and what it really is are two completely separate things. But 
that's not really going to be the topic of the show. But I did want to kind of get that out of the way, let you know, um, let you know how uh, I'm still waiting for Wes to show up. I want Wes to show up so I can thank him on the radio for being a, the first person to contribute to the buy me a coffee or buy me a cider. Uh, if you go to liberaldan.com, you can click on the buy me a cider link and it'll get you there. Um, or you can just go to buymeacoffee.com slash liberaldanradio and get it as well. Uh, that's another way you can support the show. If you can't do a month to month thing and you just want to, or if you just want to throw money at me, you know, either way. Um, how many of y'all in the chat were in Hal's morning broadcast today? Uh, that's one thing I want to want to find out before we move on to the topic. How many of y'all were in the more were, were watching the morning broadcast today? Because let me tell you, once you started, once Hal started getting into his words of affirmation, I lost it. I was like, Ooh, I was crying, tearing up. Everybody was tearing up. It was it was very wholesome radio, very wholesome show that he was doing, a very wholesome stream. Uh, which which is rare to see these days on uh, on the internet altogether. Just to see that level of wholesomeness and support uh, that he was giving, and and it's great. Oh, Jill, if you want to, I mean, you can watch the, re, the you can watch it anytime. I if you watch it, just bring tissues because everybody was just like, <sighs> me too. I was, I was all it's tough, and it, it's it's you know he was crying. It was. You know, it's good to see people show emotions. I was bawling on Saturday, too. I had a very bad weekend. Just, 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 I had a very bad weekend, and, and the, the entirety of the weekend just stunk. You know, I'm not going to go into everything of it, but um, just everything that could have gone wrong did. And it was just, I was just not a happy camper. Um, and it was very, what was very sweet, though, uh, let me brag on my kids for a second, is that um, both my boys came over to me and just gave me big hugs because they saw how upset I was and they tried and they calmed me down. So, um, and, and usually my oldest son is the more huggy one. Uh, he's definitely the more one who, who will, who will come over and hug you when you're upset and, and tell you that he loves you. He's a very sweet boy. My other boy is sweet too. Um, but I was, apparently I was crying so much of that or so, so visibly upset that my youngest one also came over and gave me hugs. And I was like, thank you boys. So yeah, I have two wonderful kids and I'm, I'm trying to teach them to be, you know, have empathy and um, they, they clearly do. I mean, they, they, there are things like, I don't have to ask them to do the right thing or do nice things to people. I actually had to tell him one time that he needed to stop sharing so much. My older son, Thomas, he, 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 um, was like he would go to the bake sales or whatever with the school and at the bake sales, uh, like one of his friends like might not have money. So he would be like, I'll give you two bucks and you can, you can buy what you want and I'll buy what I want with the rest. And I was like, that's very sweet of you, Thomas. And then he did it like three, four times. I'm like, don't let them take advantage of you either. That's the other thing. Be nice. Absolutely be nice, but don't let them take advantage of you. Anyway, let's talk about some of the stuff going on in the world today. Uh, one of the things that, if you missed um, it was a very impassioned speech by Matthew McConaughey um, because he grew up in Uvalde, Texas. So that's his community. And he spoke at the white house and talking about the need to have uh, gun control and, you know, we need some reasonable um, gun control legislation that needs to be done to protect the children, protect people in this country because people should have a right to exist without 
you know, having to fear that they're going to die, especially in school. Um, and the thing that started going around Twitter today was this meme that basically pointed out how Matthew McConaughey was in like nine different movies where he's shooting a gun or something like that. You know, Matthew McConaughey is in nine different movies where he's shooting a gun, and somehow that makes him um, in, ineligible to talk about gun reform. Let's see, Benny Johnson is one of the people, of course. He shows one, two, three, four, five, six, seven pictures of him in movies shooting guns, and Matt, Benny Johnson goes, uh, Matthew McConaughey, more gun control now. I'll see Matthew McConaughey. Uh, and all those pictures of him holding guns in his movies. And I was like, that's, that's a bad take. It's not even original. You're like the seventh person I've seen trying to make this, take this, make this bad take. Uh, and like for him to go back to the, to the nerd show references that I did, um, I said, it's like saying Hayden Christensen can't advocate for issues that protect children because when he played Darth Vader, he killed younglings. Like you, if, if you, if you play a part on MTV, or in a movie, uh, you can't. You somehow can't advocate for issues that go against what those people were. It's the most bizarre, ridiculous argument. One of the most bizarre, ridiculous arguments I've seen at least this week. So, speaking of bizarre and uh, hypocriticalness, let's let's go ahead and play this week's hypocrite of the week. This week's Hypocrites of the Week are the executives of Fox News, the same network that was 24-7 Benghazi, airing 1,098 evening segments in the first 20 months after the attack, will not be airing the January 6th hearings. Getting to the bottom of an attack against the diplomatic outpost? That's important. Getting to the bottom of an attack against Congress and on American democracy? No thanks. Tucker can just talk more about testicular tanning. To see who next week's Hypocrite of the Week will be, tune in to Liberal Dan Radio. From the left, that's right. Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Central on blogtalkradio.com slash liberaldan. There you go. And if you happen to be a member of the Liberal Dan Radio Patreon, you got access to that yesterday a little bit early because that's one of the benefits of joining the Patreon is uh, supporting this Patreon. You get access to some bits early. I don't know if that matters too much, but it's a little, little extra something I can do when I have them ready. Some weeks I'm cranking out Hypocrite of the Week two minutes before the show starts. Uh, Think at the beginning of the year, I didn't even have a hypocrite of the year, and I did it during the show. Like I played the audio during the show and 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 word it, voiced it at that point. So yeah, um, and also I mentioned my nerdy thing because of you know bringing up part of the live stream on Thursday that I did. You know, one of the one of the stories or one of the videos that he made was trying to compare critical race theory and Star Trek Discovery and the Klingons in that show. And of course, I watch it so I could talk more about that. And I'll, I can go off on nerd stuff. I can go on a two-hour tangent on nerd stuff if you wanted me to. Um, but I did do a live stream on my nerdydan.com Twitch yesterday, uh, for which Erin so nicely joined me, and we had we had some good. Uh, I was talking, she was typing, but uh, it was it was probably one of the first ones I had three consistent viewers for the entirety of the thing. Um, but it was nice to have Erin there. Um, you know, if you ever want to hang out with me while I'm gaming, that's also something to do. I wound up singing. <laughs> I sang a cappella, one of my parodies, uh, you know, the Stay In or You'll Die Young, uh, which is one of the parodies I wrote at the beginning of the pandemic to uh, Only the Good Die Young by Billy Joel. 
Um, I have a couple other ones that are on this channel here on YouTube. Um, she's uh, always a racist to me as one of the other ones. Uh, stay home to Deo. Uh, so I like to have fun with this. Also, I did, for a while, um, I, the show the show intro was uh, "You'll Be Back." Um, it, it was my parody of "You'll Be Back," and it was "We'll Fight Back." Uh, let's let's see if I have that here. I may have that here. It's just sometimes I uh, sometimes when I here we go. We'll fight back. Show intro. You say. Four more years of Trump's not a price that you're willing to pay. You cry when you see breaking news cause you know Trump's a really dumb guy. Why so sad? You know that we proved our derangement in 2016. Now he's making us mad. Remember despite his arraignments, He's still there. We'll fight back on the show that is called Liberal Dan Radio. We'll fight back on the air. Call me up and show me that you care. Listens rise, ratings fall, and I'll keep broadcasting through it all. So subscribe. Don't be late, and you'll hear me on Blog Talk Radio on Wednesday nights at eight. Da 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 all right, so, and I was just about to say, and the, and the biggest fan of that song, I think, is Demonox, the first Liberal Dan Radio patron. And as soon as I was playing that, I see Demonox come into the chat room. It's like I said, Beetlejuice, 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 and all of a sudden, or Demonox, 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 and he just popped into the chat. Uh, so, yeah, um, Brian was telling us one story where he was, he was walking around or at work singing the alternate lyrics. And there was like, I don't think that's how the, the, the song goes. He was like, nope, that's how the song goes. But if you watch uh, on YouTube, uh, I have it's longer, and it has the Hamilton music behind it. And that's why I didn't play the Hamilton music version, because uh, Blog Talk Radio is more restrictive about what I can air. And if I play something that's the copyright of Hamilton, that could get me in trouble. So um, I'm trying to be a good boy. <sighs> Let's see. Um So, uh, yeah, so the McConaughey thing and the people trying to make those stupid uh, stupid comments about how you can't. Uh, there were other things that I said in response to the same thing. Let's see. Uh, where's, where's one of the other responses? I was like, imagine telling an actor they can't speak about workplace harassment if they played a workplace harasser on screen. Or they couldn't speak out against police violence after playing the role of a violent police officer after harassing minorities. There are plenty of examples, where, and I could go darker too, but I'm, I'm just choosing not to, uh, of people who have played roles of terrible people, the actors and actresses that played terrible people in the movies, and they, they can still go ahead and and uh, and uh, advocate for the things, advocate against what those characters did in the movies. 
it's not hypocritical at all. And I guess, uh, I guess for uh, the low information or the, or the low, the, the poorly educated voter, I should say, of that, that's who Donald Trump loves. He really loves the poorly educated voter. He would have been anywhere without the poorly educated voter. I guess the poorly educated voter may very well fall for such malarkey, but no malarkey here on liberaldan.com, liberaldan radio here on YouTube. So I oppose the malarkey. I am against the malarkey. So, but let's, let's talk about the show. The topic of the show today is uh, about January 6th and stop the coup and all the other stuff from beforehand, uh, all, all the cooey type stuff. And I wanted to put a little more uh, emphasis on that because I, I do want to get, get that, have a little more traction both, or see if there can be some traction before I decide to change my mind with do something else. Um, just a little bit behind the little bit about the, what, what we're doing with it. Uh, I was contacted by some people from this organization called level field. Um, apparently according to them, I'm the, I'm the, of, of progressive, uh, liberal left leaning podcasts in the state of Louisiana. Uh, I'm the, the top one supposedly. Uh, so, cause I, I, at least I'm very good at, at making sure that my search logic makes me come up. If you're searching for Louisiana podcasts or whatever, uh, Jolie, it's almost like TV and movies aren't real life. Dun, dun, dun. I mean, I guess they did uh, elect a reality show host, and maybe that's why they don't understand that. Um, let's see, Brian Devinox, uh, fantasy isn't reality. Arnold Schwarzenegger is a big advocate for reducing violence. Yeah, absolutely. He's another good example. Um, you know, he he can be a bad guy in the movies and and, and murder a bunch of people, but he could then advocate for, you know, peaceful stuff. It's not hypocrisy. Um, so, um, anyway, so level field people contacted me and they're like, we, we want to do this thing. We want to help uh, smaller uh, people like people who do podcasts to be able to form uh, and take advantage of the rules around surrounding like um, not 501c3s, but the, um, but, what's the uh, packs like packs and super packs and stuff like that and be able to uh, advocate advocate at the state and federal level uh, for issues using the rules that the big guys get to use because these big guys get to use you know will create a pack and they'll spend money from the pack or whatever and, and and they'll there's there's different limits on how packs money can be spent versus how individuals can like support candidates or whatever so what the level field people want to do is they want to put get, give those tools to people like me and other left-minded, liberal-minded folks to be able to get out there and fight for the issues that we want to fight for. And the one that I, that, that my, my, for a while, at least my, my main one was stopping the coup was the whole um, coup up until the election and past election and what had been done historically with the GOP coup uh, from Project Red Map in uh, 2010. If you Go, there's several playlists that I have. One of them is a four-episode playlist called The GOP Coup. Uh, one of them is uh, the Stop the Coup, the Stop Gerrymandering series that I started where I review all states, not just red states, and I look and see how badly those states gerrymander and what needs to be targeted. <laughs> Jolie, it's crazy. I knew, except Star Trek, that's real. Well, we want it to be real at least. It's space socialism. They don't, the conservatives who like uh, Star Trek 
don't want to believe that it's space socialism. So that should be, uh, it's always interesting to see conservatives try and argue against Trek. Uh, so I was going to say, I live on Voyager. So you're all the way out in the Delta Quadrant? Is that what you're trying to say? Must be hard to get a signal through subspace, even that far away. Uh, so the uh, – and I reached out to, like, one of the people in Georgia who used them, and they've been able to raise money with, with them and use it as well. And, like, some of the money goes to overhead stuff, like maybe 10% goes to, like – some of the money goes to help pay the fees, I guess, that they cover for doing the stuff that they need to do. And then some of the money goes for me for help for, for trying to, you know, organize all the stuff or whatever. But then most of the rest of the money, like 80 to 90, 80 to 90% of the net uh, goes, go, we'll, we'll be going to, to support candidates and uh, um, other political things uh, to be able to make sure that we can, you know, fight the gerrymandering that's going on, fight the uh, voter suppression fight the election fraud that's going. Yes, micro wormholes. Thank you, Barkley. Thank you, Barkley, for the micro wormhole technology and being able to make that connection. So, so Kinky Street's lost its baits on Netflix, too. Why don't I live in the future? We should all live in the future. Well, we're supposed to have hoverboard. We are living in the future because Back to the Future was uh, – that, that was they went forward to 2015. In 2015, they had hoverboard. I'm very disappointed that we didn't get our hoverboards. And it's, it's what, seven years now? Almost seven years, you know, I think in three months or two, four months, it'll be seven years uh, from when Doc Martin brought Marty from the past and we still don't have hoverboards. It's ridiculous. We need hoverboards. Um, so, again, I told you I will go off tangent and talk, start talking about nerdy stuff. Don't get me started. Um Apparently, one of my one of the criticisms that I got from V Radio was that I have word salad, and he tried to insult me because oh, you only have four average viewers per video or something like that. And I'm like, yeah, because I'm just starting to get a little bit of traction on my stuff, you know. Yeah, I'm, I can't be as you know, I, I can't have the audience that you have who can be easily manipulated uh, by the bunk you post. So, yeah, your jacket is now dry. <laughs> The secret scenes, like we have better voice to text than that. That's one thing that we we, we did do voice to text better uh, than than they than they had in the uh, drawing mode on. But although there is something to be said that I think they did understand how uh, how much the people in like the 2015, 2020s, how much we want to look back and be like the 80s. You know, an 80s song is number one. Because of Stranger Things, Stranger Things is putting, you know, you know, putting '80s music back at the top of the charts. Uh, where people are wearing clothes that are like from the '80s as well. So uh, the fact that Back to the Future was able to accurately predict how much we would be nostalgic towards the '80s at this point in time was rather rather impressive. Um, and it's not like one of those Simpsons Simpsons predicted it videos where they didn't really predict it where where they just manipulated something to make it look like it. Kate Bush, yes, thank you, Kinky Streets. I'm always forgetting the name Kate Bush. I don't know why. I can't, I can, I can't remember. Okay, somebody, somebody, I went to karaoke on Saturday, and somebody, that was probably the only good part of my weekend, um, somebody at karaoke sang, one of the people I was with sang Kate Bush, and I still forgot the freaking, uh, still forgot the, the, name, the name of the, 
the singer. Uh, I'll probably remember, I'll probably forget it tomorrow too. Um, anyway, back to the level field, folks. Uh, so, so as I say on 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 stopthecoup.liberalday.com, it brings you to like stopthecoup.levelfield.net, and it you know basically says you know how you know the money will be spent. Uh, we're going to be trying to target causes. You know specifically, I have to file find causes to go after, like for example. You know, anything that might be working to fight voter suppression or, or gerrymandering in a specific state, uh, trying to trying to be smart about it. That's what we want to do. We're trying to do smart, targeted um, spending of, of money to make sure that it needs to get, it gets where it needs to go to be able to fight the stuff that's going on with the uh, fight that's going on with with the coup. And so just if uh, TRDW, I guess I said TLDR, too long didn't watch uh, of the four episodes of my uh, whatchamacallit of, uh, of stop the coup is, you know, we have a project roadmap, uh, which goes on, which went on. It was basically a project in 2010, uh, where the Republicans strategically targeted specific state legislative seats in order to try and flip them to take control of state legislators. So that when it became time to draw legislative maps, they would have, they would have control of the maps and be able to redraw uh, those maps to benefit them, and what happened, and what wound up happening. Actually, let me put up this other article instead. Yeah, 2012 House elections. 2012 House of Representatives. Um, that's just New York. I don't want New York. I want the entirety of the House of Representatives elections in 2012. Here we go. So. The Republican Party gained like 40 seats and took or, or gained a bunch of seats that year. Um, oh, no, they gained it in 2010. Let's, let's go to 2010. This is, 2010 was before uh, the really bad map drawing. Um, 63, seat change, 63 seats they gained in 2010, which is off your life, which is part of the problem, is that people – do not come out to vote in off-year elections. Um, for some reason, they don't think that rights can be taken away in off-year elections, which is ludicrous and ridiculous. Um, but let's see. They got, was it 44 million to 38 million? And that makes sense. They got a majority of the vote of, of that and got so many seats because they didn't show up. That, 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 so that can't necessarily be given to gerrymandering. That's just Republicans showing up with a big percentage of the vote and winning elections. But they also did that at the state level. So that in 2012, um, they did lose some seats. Uh, they lost eight, but that's not enough. That wasn't enough for the Democrats to take over. Um, but here's the problem. The Democrats got 59,600,000 votes. The Republicans got 58,200,000 votes. The Democrats got 1.3 million votes more nationwide in 2012 than the, the, Democrat, the Democrats got 1.3 million more votes nationwide than the Republicans, yet only won 201 seats as compared to the 234 that the Republicans won. So that's because they were able to gerrymander these seats away um, and they were able to basically write these, draw these maps in such a way to disenfranchise Democratic voters. Um, and then you go on 
to when the Democrats retook the House of Representatives, which should have been in 2018. Um, in order for us to get 235 seats compared to their 199, we had to get 10 million more votes. In order to get that, in order to, in order to retake the House, we, it was a 41 seat gain. We had to get 60 million votes compared to the 50 million votes that the Republicans got. So, yeah, that, that shows how badly the country is gerrymandered because we don't, uh, we don't have fairly drawn lines. And you know, one part of the problem is that when the Supreme Court overturned uh, in Shelby versus Holder, they overturned the parts of the, Civil, the Voting Rights Act that enabled the federal government to step in and require states that proved that in the past they could not be trusted to, to act right when it came to uh, voting rights, especially voting rights of minority citizens. Uh, the, J- Justice Roberts in that ruling basically said, well, we, we're not as racist as we used to be, so therefore we don't need these things to, to, to stop the bad actions on the part of uh, those states in particular. Well, guess what? Uh, I live in New Orleans. We're protected by a levee system from the Mississippi River. The argument that Roberts made is akin to me saying, well, the Mississippi River hasn't flooded us in however many years, so therefore we don't need the levees because we haven't flooded, so we don't need the levees. It's an absurd argument because the moment that Shelby versus Holder was ruled on and they were able to overturn uh, that those sections of the Voting Rights Act that required preclearance of specific states, they were able to... Um, they, they immediately, Texas immediately passed something, and all these other states started passing these so-called voter ID laws. Hey, Robert Douglas. Hey, uh, how's it going? Number number nine in the uptimes. You're slacking, man. You're you're you should be higher up. You should be you should be number one. I was number one. I think I think my alternate account was number one. My nerdydan.com account, which is viewing <laughs> at the same time. Um. So, so yeah. So then. Many states, you know, had created these so-called voter ID laws, and I go over those so-called voter ID laws in in the uh, in in the in the side, in the GOP coup four video series. Go watch that if you haven't watched it yet. Um, and the thing is that whenever I bring up these so-called voter ID laws, and, I, and I'll specifically say that my problem with these so-called voter ID laws are the provisions in them that have nothing to do with requiring a voter ID. Every single time I bring it up, some conservative is like, what's wrong with requiring an ID? What's wrong with requiring an ID? You know, well, nothing, because I told you that my problem with the law is not the ID requirement provisions. It's the other provisions that are meant to specifically to disenfranchise people and go into the whole thing about um, how uh, the North Carolina law was overturned by the courts because they went into how the legislature in North Carolina wrote the law, and they they specifically investigated all the different methods that people vote, and then only eliminated those that were used by black voters. So they targeted black voters with surgical precision, as the ruling states. So, so those are the problems. You have problems like, uh, I think, Rob, Roberts in California, because you're bringing a boy, so... Uh, that would be six. So maybe it was dinner time. It's possible, especially because now that it gets, gets brighter later. 
maybe you might not realize, oh, it's time to go turn into that liberal band guy. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, what was I saying? So the, the Georgia law, for example, another one of those laws where, you know, they were, it prohibits people from handing water to people waiting in line to vote. And, of course, conservatives get this one wrong, too. They always say, no, it's only about people who are campaigning. They can't handle it. No, it's everyone. We had, this, we, had this, we had this debate on the podcast a while ago, too, where, where somebody, tried to, somebody tried to tell me uh, that I was wrong, that, that he, had, he had tried to show me the proof. And I don't know if it was them out on the West Coast or not who were trying to who did that, who brought up that link. But that link basically said, um, it, basically, it basically proved my point, which is that the, the, the title of the, of the fact check was uh, whether or not about the only political, can only political campaigns uh, are, pro- are prohibited from it. But then the ruling was that that's a lie. It's not a truthful statement uh, that everybody's right. Like if, if I would lived in Georgia and my wife was waiting in line to vote and she called me up and she said, hey, there's a really long line to vote right now. I need you to bring me some water. I would be breaking the law if I brought her some water because that would be a violation of the law. Um, And I would be committing a crime bringing water. And the only reason that they implement these sort of laws is because they want to make sure that voting is as uncomfortable as possible for people who are not white. And and, And the way that they make the laws is that they make a law that's like, oh, no giving out things in line. Well, that in and of itself isn't terrible if you don't have a line to wait. If your line's only going to be five, ten minutes, not a big deal, right? Well, then they make sure, especially in Georgia, they make sure that the precincts in the minority districts have longer wait lines than the precincts in the white districts. And that way, the people in the white districts are like, well, I don't have to wait in line to vote. I don't see the problem. Then the people living in the, in the majority black districts are like, we're waiting in line for two hours. I'm thirsty. So they're trying to make it as uncomfortable for people to be able to stand in line to vote. Now, to their credit, they did anyway. They still fight back, um, just like I say we should do on my jingle. Uh, but uh, it's just one of the one of the things that. But but they make it so that you know this in and of itself isn't completely horrible. This even in and of itself isn't completely horrible, or maybe is. But you know. This isn't completely horrible, but when taken in concert with all the other systemic issues that are in place, it then makes it more hard for people to vote, like their exact match system in Georgia. If I, if the DMV has a clerical error on my driver's license, and let's say they put a dash in my name when there wasn't a dash, and I put my name as it's written on the birth certificate, and I go to register to vote, and they go to compare the two, oh, you said Daniel dash J on this one. But this one doesn't say Daniel dash J, just says Daniel space J. So that's not an exact match. So we're not going to allow you to vote. And then, so you wind up having piles of, of applications uh, on desks because either somebody believes something to be a, not an exact match or a clerical error may it be not an exact match or, you know, maybe somebody changed how they write their name for some reason and, for, and didn't go get a change. Well, nope, sorry. You can't vote now because we didn't, you didn't exactly match it properly. Um, let's see. Our law blocking you from being racist is working. You're not racist anymore. Let's get rid of the law preventing you from being a racist. That's the worst one to happen. <laughs> uh, 
EST is the only time New Year's goes by our time, which means the 24-hour Three Stooges Marathon goes by our time. Uh, when there are two overlapping laws, the law defers to the one with the strictest ruling. Therefore, even if one law specifies only political order donation, the other law overrides it. Um, but there is no other law that says um, no political water donation. The law just there is no other law like that. The problem is is that um, they the, what they thought was going on was they thought people were electioneering by giving out water. And now I'm fine with bans on electioneering, although sometimes the, the electioneering laws are silly. When I ran for I think it was Congress. When I ran for Congress, um, there was a house that was right across the street from the precinct. I asked the owner of that house if I could put my sign in their yard, and they said yes. So even though it was illegal for me to stand there um, and wave a campaign sign on public property because I would be electioneering within 500 feet of a polling station, uh, I, a house that was within 500 feet of the polling station that was on private property, I could erect a sign there, and guess what? People could see my electioneering. So it's not like it's, it's all that effective. So let's see. Julius lived in a blue county in a red state. We had to stand in line for two hours in the freezing rain to vote in 2020 election. It was miserable. I imagine it was miserable. Hi. Hi, that's my Thomas, who my oldest son, who just walked by. And you, you maybe saw, yep, you saw his arm pass by as he walked by. And then maybe you saw his arm when he passed by again. Um, there you go. That's Thomas. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, I live in a blue, well, we live in, a, we live in parishes in Louisiana, not counties, because we have to be special and different. Um, but yeah, ours is blue, but we don't, we have early voting, so I don't really go deal with the lines for early voting. There was one particular time where I forget what the deal was and why we were voting for something and why we were doing the voting in the New Orleans arena or the Smoothie King Center, as they call it now. I don't know why we went to vote there specifically. Um, I believe it was maybe it was because it was during the pandemic. And in that particular situation, yes, we had to go. We had to wait in the line to go vote for something. But typically I early vote. And so when I early vote, I don't have to wait in line. So, um Kiki Streets, I live in Elise Stefanik District in New York. Might as well be Alabama. Well, sure. Yeah. I mean, that's just like kind of what, you know, in Pennsylvania, you have the same thing, too, where you have Philadelphia, you have Pittsburgh, and then you have uh, Pennsylvania in the middle because the people who cling on to their guns and their Bibles, as, as Obama said, and then got in trouble because they didn't understand what he meant. Oh, he must be insulting us because we're clinging to our guns and our Bibles. Yes, we are. So, speaking of rednecks, what a good segue. And now, words of redneck wisdom brought to you by Liberal Dan Radio. Uh, Let's talk about energy for a second. The increased ethanol is bad for older vehicles it is also prohibited by the u.s coast guard for marine use i'm from the heart of moonshine country so what really upsets me is when you take perfectly good corn liquor and you pour it in a tank that you can't drink from and this concludes words of redneck wisdom 
brought to you by Liberal Den Radio. Talk from the left, that's right. That's right. Yes. So I just I listen. I, I had to use that one. I mean, yeah. Sure, ethanol may be bad for older cars. There are some versions of ethanol that I can't use in my 2013 car. Um, and I guess I'm not going to disbelieve that that the Coast Guard says you can't use ethanol in your boats out on the water. Sure, fine. Uh, but you can also go to their gas stations that sell gasoline without ethanol in them. So that's also true. But I just love the fact that, you know, I don't like when you have, you take perfectly good corn liquor and you put it in a tank where you can't drink out of. Look, let me tell you something. If you believe in yourself, anything's possible. So so you can go ahead and shove a big old straw down in there and, and try and suck it out if you want. I don't know how good it'll taste. I don't know. You probably might throw up. It probably wouldn't be good for you. So let me let me retract that statement. I should say I should have the satire flash like how this. <laughs> Let's see. Demonox, uh Republicans cared about voting laws. Every MAGA hat and MAGA shirt saying the vote would be denied. You can't promote a candidate. I mean, you can't, you couldn't wear that in a voting booth, like go into a voting booth. Like you shouldn't be able to be aware, we'd be able to wear a Make America Great Again hat in a voting booth because, well, clearly it's electioneering. Um, <laughs> right. We throw away millions of corn and pounds of corn every year from overproduction. Uh, he is an idiot. Yes, that's why it's words of redneck wisdom and not real wisdom. Uh, although one of the times uh, when I played the words of redneck wisdom and, it, and the guy was like, I agree. Okay, there you go. <laughs> Can't argue with that one. Uh, but, you know, it, it, sometimes they uh, mistakenly get things right uh, or they're right, but they're, but they're wrong about why they're right. Um, that, that's often something that goes on uh, in the show. Um I haven't played any of my commercials. I may not play any of my commercials just because, you know, you know, we were just talking through everything. So um, since we're not playing the commercials, I am going to say, make sure to, you know, we have Demonox, the first Liberal Land Radio patron. Shouts out to you. Shouts out to all the other uh, patrons uh, at for Liberal Dan. You have Chris, Cesar, if Angie across the pond. Uh, you have Aaron, and you also have Julie, the first Liberal Dan Radio producer. And so Julie, is her name is up on uh, LiberalDan.com as well. Um, but you can also support the show. Let's see. No, it's not I'm an actor. It's John Lovitz goes, uh, I lost my thumb. Really? No. Acting. <laughs> Robert Douglas. How is it that I don't have a wrench at the end of my name? Where on BTR I do, I pay you to have one. You don't have, you don't pay me, Robert. The, the, the wrenches, the wrench, the wrenches are for the folks who have uh, volunteered their time to be uh, moderators on the channel. I greatly appreciate Joe Lee and Aaron for doing that. Uh, they are wonderful people for doing that. Not that anybody else isn't wonderful people, but I do appreciate the fact that they're helping along and sharing the links on how to support the show with the Patreon and the buy me the coffee, et cetera, or the buy me a cider, I should say, because the link says buy me a cider on liberaldan.com, but it's on, uh, on, on the real link is buymeacoffee.com slash liberaldanradio. And I'm really hoping that somebody goes ahead 
and does one during the show when I now that I have the widget, I guess, plugged into my OBS because I really want to see. Hey, wow, that's awesome. I want a million dollars. No, didn't work. So there we go. <laughs> E-Dub, thank you for buying me a cider. I have a new supporter. You are awesome. Thank you very much, E-Dub. Um, was that you? Well, who was that? <laughs> I can't believe that, that's, that was that was amazing timing for whoever did that. Thank you so much for whoever did that. That was amazing. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm just, again, thank you so much. <laughs> but it worked. It actually worked. So there we go. <laughs> I'm glad to see that it worked, that the whole thing works, and that again I have another uh, person helping me out by buying me a cider. Um, that was great. I, I don't know. Oh, it's Aaron. Thank you, Aaron. You're awesome. <laughs> I didn't realize you were E Dubs, but thank you, Aaron. Thank you so much for helping me out with that. I do appreciate you a lot, and a great and it's and it's a great. It's tested and made sure that it works. So cool. There you go. Uh, let's see, Demonox. I need to make an episode of the World According to Nox slash Progressive Pop Culture tonight. Then we form Voltron soon. Yes, we are going to form Voltron soon. I want to form Voltron tonight, or not tonight, or on the podcast too. I want to do it here so we can all, so everybody can call in and we can have a good conversation here. Um, I think Aaron also wants to hear Voltron formed because uh, Aaron, I think, really is, is the one that really likes the smooth sounds of the Percy podcast. Um, so yeah, and no, I, I had, I did not at all tell Aaron beforehand, Hey, go ahead and buy me a coffee. It's just, I'm talking, I really wish somebody would do it. Ding. And, be, and because there was a lag, I, I was in the middle of saying it. She didn't even hear it yet. That's great. I just, I love that. That was awesome. So again, y'all, you know, the supporters who have come along to support the show, uh, are the best. <laughs> yep. Aaron, Percy Hart. Let's see. What did, I'll form the head. I don't know who we've decided would form the head. I think we maybe decided it would be it would be Nimbus Yosh, the host and host Nimbus Yosh. Um, yes, Yosh needs to get back on and start doing a podcast. He was having some bad people trolling him on Twitter uh, from some hypocrites. So uh, we, uh, I think he took a break from that. It took a take. I think he took a break from his podcast as well. But um, we'll get Voltron formed. Although it's weird because Voltron really technically is only three shows, people, so it's not five. Maybe we do need to have a fourth and a fifth show um, for um, to represent, you know, the legs, since we're the arms and the head, me, Damonox, and Nimbus Yosh, the host of most of the smooth sounds of the Percy podcast. Thank you very much again, again for – he always gives me shout-outs, so I give him shout-out to uh, my little bro, not, uh, not uh, really – but yeah, um, so anyway, the whole buy coffee thing just got me all completely like, wow, like I couldn't believe that that happened. That's great. Um, to King of Streets, AOC says it's uh, internationally embarrassing. The U.S. had 288 school shootings while the other G7 countries saw just five in the same 10-year period. Absolutely. That is, uh, that is a good statement. I mean, that's not really what we're talking about, but that's fine. I don't mind. We, we, we've strayed topics from, from, from uh, as we go along. But let's see. So, but back to gerrymandering, back to the topic of stopping the coup. Uh, now, the, the Republican gerrymander of Louisiana this time didn't really change the amount of districts. Like Louisiana, 
is a state where you have a floor of a third Democrat. Now, we have a Democratic governor who is also pro-life, and so he's conservative. So uh, he's just signed in the, the, and the trans school athlete bill, and I really want to flip him off for doing that. It pisses me off that he did that. I have a whole rant about that um, because they're just cherry-picking fairness. I did post that rant on Twitter this afternoon if you want to see it. Um, it just had to, it had to be in the form of like six tweets. But um, if, if you have a floor of a third, and we have six overall congressional seats, because you have a third of the state that's Democrat. You also have a third of the state that's black. Um, so most of the black people in the state are, are Democrats, and many vast majority of, I guess, the Democrats in the state are black. Um, now, some black people may not be registered Democrats, and some black people may uh, may occasionally be registered Republican because it re- happens sometimes. Uh, but um, they redrew the maps and didn't fix it any. We still don't have a third of our seats, or i.e., two, uh, representing Democrats or representing minorities. We have one gerrymandered district where they packed all of the black voters into this winding district that goes from New Orleans to Baton Rouge and winds up the Mississippi river. Um, that New Orleans to Baton Rouge is about an hour away. So I'm closer from my, I'm living district two and that's the district that goes all the way up the river. Now I'm closer to district one and district three than I am to district, the other side of district two. That, that's how ridiculously drawn it is. Uh, but a U.S. judge on Monday blocked a Louisiana Republican redistricting map that created only one majority black congressional district in the state. And I don't think created it is not the right word because it was already created. It probably just maintained the district while maybe it's changing the boundaries around a bit. Um, and let's see, just district judge Shelley Dick uh, found the Republican map likely violated the U.S. Voting Rights Act. Um, the appropriate remedy in this context is a remedial congressional redistricting plan that includes an additional majority black congressional district, the judge wrote. Louisiana Republicans immediately appealed the ruling. Similar battles have taken place in other states as Republicans and Democrats each attempt to draw maps favorable to their chances under the redistricting that takes place every 10 years. Now, look, I'm from Maryland originally. I'm from born in Delaware, but I'm from Maryland. I was raised in Maryland. And Maryland's gerrymandering is also terrible. It's horrible, and it should be fixed. But, you know, if the Republicans are going to be doing it and, and, and you're not going to stop them from doing it, then the Democrats need to do it, too. Um, but it's the Republicans that are doing it horribly worse. But here's the thing. You know, in Louisiana, the judge just ordered the Democrat or the Republicans to read the Republican legislature to redraw the map because it was deemed unconstitutional. Now, in Ohio another Republican-controlled state where the Republicans control the legislature because of uh, gerrymandering. Uh, the gerrymandering that takes place in Ohio is ridiculous. Now, there's only three, I think, Democratic districts. Uh, and there used to be four, now they lost one. Uh, but the state is like 60-40, so of the 16, maybe seven or six should be not three but they've drawn the lines to give them advantages and pack all of the Democratic voters into districts to dilute their overall voting power. Um, but the Supreme Court of Ohio ruled that the, that the maps not only violated the Ohio state constitution, but the Republicans on, on, are like, nope, we're not going to do anything about it. We are not going to do anything about it whatsoever. Um, Senator Bob McCauley, Republican Napoleon, 
And Jeff LeRae, uh, Violet Township, said in a letter and statement to the Democratic co-chair that the Supreme Court can't order the maps by a specific deadline and that it would be confusing the voters to adopt new maps before the House and Senate primary on August 2nd. That primary comes after federal court orders maps ruled unconstitutional in March be used this election cycle. So in March, it was ruled in Ohio that the Ohio maps violated the Ohio Constitution. Yet it's June, three months later, and they still haven't redrawn the maps because they feel that they're above the law. The Republicans feel like they're above the law. They feel that they can, they can just cheat their way to win. That's why I have to laugh every time Republicans try to bring up election integrity and, and try to bring up uh, voting rights and, or voting or illegal voting. Why? Because in one of my videos in the GOP coup series, the four-part video series, that's not the gerrymandering series. Um, in that series, I also go over how, um, how rare and odd uh, voter fraud is. And, and as one of the sites that I use is the Heritage Foundation. Heritage Foundation voter fraud. Talk about the voter fraud map, election fraud database, heritage.org. Um, in this thing, let's see. And, and I go over like different states where it happens. They've, they've found a grand total of 1,357 proven instances of voter fraud with 1,167 criminal convictions. So if we, we can search the database and we can see uh, that the years go all the way back to, where was it? They didn't list a year on this one. It goes all the way back to 1982. So in 40 years, So in 40 years, they found, what was it again? 1,357. So let's do some quick math on the calculator. 1,357, that's 11,000. 1,357 divided by 40 equals 33. 34, 33.9. So 34 examples of voter fraud every year. And this is not like, this is just individuals committing voter fraud. How many ballots are cast every year? Millions. In the presidential election alone, we had 150 plus million people cast ballots in the election. Just taking, if you just take of 150 million people that voted in the, front, in the presidential election, 150 million divided by 1357. Actually, we have to inverse that. You can't even see it. Uh, it's like 9.0 to e to the negative 6. It's less than 1 one-hundredth of 1% of all votes cast uh, in this last presidential election. That's just 40 years. Over 40 years, um, we've had, you know, we had what 60 and 60 in one year, so that was 120. So we have, we've had a lot of votes, probably billions of votes cast and of billions of votes cast. There's been 1,357. And this is coming from the heritage foundation. This is, and they're trying to make it seem like it's a big deal because they're not, they're not seeing the context of it. Um, 
from their website, the Heritage Foundation Election Fraud Database represents a sampling of recent proven instances of election fraud from across the country. Each and every one of these cases in this database represents an instance in which a public official, usually a prosecutor, thought it was serious enough to act on it, and each and every one ended in finding that the individual had engaged in wrongdoing. But even then, like if you search the 1,137 examples of election fraud that are going on in this country, um, let's see, oh, I have a whatchamacallit is going off. My phone's going off. I'm here. I don't want to get a, a copyright violation simply because my phone's going off. I forgot to turn off the phone volume. Hilarious. Let's make sure that the ringtone goes away now. <laughs> yeah, don't want to hear Tom's. I mean, I love hearing Tom's lawyer. I love hearing Rush, but I just don't want to go over the airwaves. Um, let's see. False registrations. So you have one bunch of false registrations. Um, that's an interesting name. Jan Cummer, spelled how you would think it was. Um, let's look that up. I don't want to bring up any dirty sites. I'm not going to put it up on the screen. <laughs> I don't know if that's going to go. Um, Colorado guilty election fraud, voter fraud or whatever. Um, let's see. Woodland Park resident found guilty of voting twice in April primary. Jan Wilson of, uh, of Woodland Park was found guilty in Teller County Combined Court of voting twice in the April primary election in the state of Colorado versus Janice M. Cummer. Uh, Teller County Clerk and Record Workers Brown cited that the misdemeanor offense may with the government. She'd submitted two ballots. Uh, she was a Wilson, also known by her married name of Janice Cummer was cited in the misdemeanor offense uh, in May after telecommunication. She pled not guilty, uh, records show. Uh, I'm trying to find if she's a Republican or not. Because that's part of the thing, is that a lot of the times Republicans will tell you how bad government is, um, and then when they get elected, and then they'll prove how bad government is. But a lot of these times, a lot of the times that, um, that, you know, you've, you all look at all these examples of voter fraud. Look at all these examples of voter fraud. Well, these examples of voter fraud often are done by Republicans. The Republicans do. Let's see. Wilson and Honor, she did change her part. Let's, oh, there it is. Wait. Um, let's see. In the case in Teller County, Wilson is a Woodland Park citizen who serves as a member of downtown Delano Authority and keeping Woodland Park beautiful. Uh, this is ridiculous. You can't vote two ballots because the second one doesn't count. It was just a mistake. Wilson acknowledges she didn't change her party affiliation. I did it for one reason, so I could support uh, these people for county commissioner, referring to the Republican candidates for Teller County merger. So she voted. She, she voted a second time so she could vote for Republican candidates. Again, it's the Republicans who are causing the problem. They make the problems, and then they complain about the problems and say, "Oh, it's the, it's the Democrats that were doing it." No, it's the Republicans that are doing it. Um, let's see. But duplicate voting is not going to be prevented from with the voter ID. Um, fraudulent use of absentee ballots. Again, not going to be voter ID is not going to is not going to fix that. Altering the vote count, voter ID is not going to fix that. So many of these cases that are listed on the heritage.gov or heritage.org, I'm sorry, uh, website uh, are not going to be prevented with a voter ID, which is why. Even, I have no problem with requiring an ID to vote. If we're going to do that, I think we need to give it out freely like Mexico does uh, because we don't want to in, incur a poll tax 
uh, when it comes to that because poll taxes are unconstitutional. Uh, however, um, most of these examples of, of voter fraud, of the limited ones that are, would not be fixed. This one here, 2019, buying votes. That does, that, that's, not, uh, that's not a voter ID issue. That's buying votes. There's another one, buying votes. Um, ineligible voting, uh, buying votes, buying votes, buying votes. False registrations. Not sure if that would be uh, that, that if you, you don't have to turn in your ID to have to show your registration, and especially in voter registration drive. So all these false registration ones are also ones that are not going to be fixed with the voter ID. So I mean, the voter ID thing is much ado about nothing. Much ado about nothing. The the effect that a voter fraud might have on an election. The effect is, is insignificant compared to the power of the dark side of the polls. No, I'm sorry. The power, the, 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 what, how a voter I, fraud, how any of these individual cases of voter fraud can harm you or the odds that it's going to harm you is insignificant to how the Republican gerrymandering harms voters and voting power. I'm not as, you know, I'm not as harmed by, you know, somebody trying to cast a vote because a lot of times they get caught because there's no there's no really incentive to do it there's no the risk reward a lot of times when you do illegal behavior it's because you believe that the reward for doing it is worth the risk the, the risk for getting caught trying to violate election laws are it's not worth what you're going to get out of it i mean that's maybe some of the people who are trump supporters who were caught doing it uh, maybe some of those people think, oh, well, Trump will pardon me, even though they're usually state violations, and Trump can't pardon state violations when he's president or when he was president. So, but again, Donald Trump does love the poorly educated, so they won't understand the fact that he couldn't pardon them if they violated the state election law. But, and then not even I guarantee you that there's more cases, there's a thousands of the cases on the Heritage Foundation's, Heritage Foundation's website. Guess what? There's many, many more people just in a singular election, like in Georgia, who tried to put in a voter registration with the Secretary of State and were denied the right to vote. So many more people who are eligible voters are denied the right to vote than are trying to defraud the voter system or the electoral system. So, so yeah, it's all much ado about nothing when it comes to the voter fraud, election fraud. Let's see. Let's come back to the chat. And see what's being said in the chat. Buh, 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 buh. Toy Galaxy has a few great videos, uh, both Voltron and Battle of Planets. Uh, it says I'm leaving and coming back. It's my phone. Sometimes when I switch to full screen, it just reloads. Doo, doo, doo. Let's see. Look, I know, right? Look at Texas's voting district map and tell me how many lizards get to vote in that state. Yeah, I mean, a lot of times uh, some Republicans tend to believe that uh, area should equal power. Land doesn't vote. Like they'll show the county map nationwide. And those can and show look at look at how much of the country is red versus how much of the country is blue. Yeah, but land doesn't vote, and those maps typically don't show the 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 um, the amount of people that are in a particular area. It doesn't show the population and compare the population. Nor does it show the the levels of purple that a, that a district might be because it might have more red or more blue or equal. So, uh, but up in Texas is another example where. Uh, they gained two congressional seats because of the last census, but I'm, you can't convince me 
that it wasn't Donald Trump trying to give Texas more seats. By the way, he muffled, he, bu- he muffed the census. I mean, he completely bungled that on top of bungling COVID. Um, and they added two seats, and the two seats they added, 90% of the people who are who made Texas larger are um, black, indigenous persons of color, like black voters and Latinx voters. But these two new districts don't represent additional say for black voters or Latinx voters. They don't have enough say. They're, they're losing say now. You get more people, and they're, you have more people in the state, and they're losing say. And if they're 95% of the state is because of them, then you, the population is more as a percentage black and Latino as well because of that. And guess what? Again, they have they they're diluting their voting power even more, and that is a form of voter uh, suppression. If, if if my power is suppressed and my vote is not worth as much as your vote, then you are suppressing my vote because you're suppressing the power of my vote. Just like in Louisiana, uh, the, the Democratic Party should be able to have two uh, congressmen from Louisiana representing it in Congress. It only has one, so therefore, my vote is half as strong as it would be had we had correctly drawn districts or my crazy zany idea is to ignore districts is to get rid of all districts altogether. And as a state, you could, you would just elect slates of candidates. So let's say in Louisiana, you have the democratic party, they would run six candidates on their slate. And let's say the uh, Republican party might run six candidates on their slate. Maybe the, the, the tea party or, or some other party wants you know, the libertarians will run a slate or the green party might run a slate. And so you vote for this, you vote for the slate of candidates to win. Um, and, and maybe earlier on, you might vote for who you want to be on the slate um, in each particular slate. Um, but then guess what? Then when you, you vote for the slates and if the, and if the slate gets two districts worth of votes, if it gets two thirds of the state, it gets two of the seats. The top two people are picked. And if the other party gets, uh, four of two thirds, then they get four seats and the top four get picked. Or maybe, maybe the, maybe there's a, there's a conservative Democrat slate that runs separately and independently from the other Democrat slate because the conservative Democrats want to have a say in Congress too. They're going to say, Hey, we'll caucus with the Democrats, but we want to be conservative. So you put that out there and maybe you might have three Democrats and three Republicans representing Louisiana because that would more accurately represent the will of the Louisiana electorate, not what the current map does. Um, and they don't. They don't care. The Republicans don't care that that they're hypocritical on this. They don't care that they have um, that 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 they're basically um, saying don't pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. Uh, let's see what else. Let's see. Uh, I agree. We can play the game. Dems just generally like to follow the rules of play. Uh, but what is the, are the rules if only one side follow them? Optics and integrity. Yeah. I mean, there's there's optics and integrity, but Here's the thing, is that if we have a system, um, you know, where you, know, you can manipulate, like one of the things that I, I think, I think I'm going to take talk about this, and I think I probably uploaded it to YouTube as well, um, which is that uh, there's like 90% of this country is in support of universal background checks, and 80% of gun owners are in support of universal background checks. So the reason you have people not supporting universal background checks is because the NRA, which is an organization that fights for gun manufacturers, uh, not gun rights, but the gun manufacturers' ability to profit from the sale of guns, 
uh, they don't want universal background checks, so they're going to fight it. But here's the thing, is that the liberals in this country can shout out all they want, and they're not going to convince the conservative 51, 52 people in the Senate who are blocking such legislation from being passed with, by, by circumventing the filibuster by using the nuclear option to, to get it done. However, um, so, the, so the ball is really in the court of the people who are conservatives, who are Republicans. If you're a conservative and you believe that there should be universal background checks, then you need to let that known to your, to your elected representative. Not just say, hey, I'd like you to vote for this, because they're going to say no if they believe that you'll still vote for them if they don't follow through with that vote. You have to make it clear to those Republican representatives in Congress, to the congressmen, to the senators, uh, to the conservatives like Joe Manchin. You have to make it clear to them that if you don't vote for this piece of legislation, I will vote for your opponent, even if your opponent is for a different party. Force their hand, because the, the most important thing to any elected official, getting reelected. So if you prove to them that you are, you are not going to vote for them. You vote for somebody else who will support this issue. You prove that to them. Then they'll have to be go along and they'll have to support what's going on. But, if they, but they won't. That's the thing. It's like you, if you really care about this issue as a, as a conservative, you really need to step up and seize this moment and say, I'm going to vote you out if you don't pass this. And you have to make them believe it. And then if they do pass it, then you've shown your voting power within your party. But if you fail to do that, you're just going to allow the NRA to continue to manipulate the politicians because the politicians are going to be like, hey, they're going to vote for me anyway because all the other issues. So I don't have to worry about it. I'm going to listen to my NRA masters. Let's see. Boom. boom. Robert wrote about election fraud. We, we covered that for a while. So let's continue scrolling kimchi hey kimchi no problem for you being late uh there's the saying it's always darkest before the dawn because we're hundreds of years because it's true better days are ahead hopefully um i think i missed a i think i just skipped over a whole bunch uh best analogy ever system democrats in the living room arguing that the republicans aren't playing by the rules republicans are outside the house lighting it on fire <laughs> pretty much um Author, the country is too far gone. We're almost 15 years since societal collapse. Better to watch it fall and rebuild. Maybe, but sometimes I fear that that doesn't protect the most marginalized and oppressed people of the group. Like after society falls, who's going to come back and take, is it going to be the, the good people that come back and, and rebuild for all betterment of humanity? Or is it going to be some horrible person? I mean, are we going to get benevolence? Or are we going to get... Uh, Horrible people. Uh, let's see. Um, Jolie says, good always prevails. You'll see. Uh, although Dark Helmet would tell you, evil always triumphs over good because good is dumb. <laughs> see, good and evil are excuses for human behavior. We're resistant to change. And the bigger the system, the harder the change. Collapse the devil, human behavior. Let's see. Uh, sure Brian answered that already. Um the U.S. has never been part of a global situation to this extent. The U.S. has never faced the environmental collapse. The power of the police and the military makes rebellion impossible. Um, Brian, I'm here because I don't think inevitability means give up. Fair enough. Um, 
goddess kimchi, huh? Let's see. Um, scrolling down the chat. So better days may be ahead, but our system is too far gone. At some point, the foundation is too rotten to build on, better to rebuild. That's not defeatist. I mean, if you have a house and, and, and the uh, ruined structure is rotten, you do have to rebuild your house. Um, but you kind of have to work together to uh, rebuild the house. Um, unfortunately, we have a house standing against each other, and a house divided against each other cannot stand, as Lincoln once said. So there's that. Um, like, it, it's, it's weird, though, because, I mean, we do have red states and blue states that are clearly red states, but we have lots of blue people in red states and lots of red people in blue states. So, like, even if we were to say, like, you know, split up the country, um, you know, how would you do that? I mean, my joke was give, uh, take all the non-indigenous territories of North Dakota, South Dakota, Montana, Idaho, Wyoming, um, Kansas, uh, and Oklahoma, and give that, make that the Republican nation. Let all the Republicans move there. They can call it dumb fuckistan. They can install Donald Trump as the dictator for life. And then if they want to, they can build their wall, but they won't have to because no one will want to go there. But they can build their wall if they want to, and they can keep themselves completely isolated, and they can live however they want to live, and let that be the end of it, and let the rest of us live in a sane society that like trusts science. And then, you know, after nobody goes in there, and they don't want to leave because they don't want to come to, to the liberal, you know, oasis that we've created, uh, and and once they all die of some disease that they won't stop because they don't believe in masking or social distancing, then you just can take the states back when states back when they're done, because they won't be able to uphold it because you have all the poorly educated folks who don't understand how masking works and how science works. Uh, let's see. They also hope for a better future is good, but it, it used to keep people from revolting. Religion knows this is why heaven was invented. Suffer now, better later, we promise. Um, point. Uh, Demonox, I'm neurodivergent. My brain works in abstract. I'm not exactly enough weird, but not enough room to fully express. Uh, Supergirl is goddess. There are no others. <laughs> um, Leslie, I'm from Kansas. Did I, did I say Kansas? Well, here's the thing. Here's Kansas, Kansas would be in your backyard. I guess it would have to include Kansas, but I guess kind of the deal with that would be you'd have to like make like plans. So like if you live in those areas, like, and you, and you didn't want to live in dumb Pakistan, that you'd have to, we'd have to enable it, make it possible so that the people can move out of dumb Pakistan in order to, uh, and, and, and provide them with housing, perhaps provide them with the housing that the uh, poorly educated people left, hopefully not the trailers. Um, See, kimchi, we need to risk people who are Hispanic. Here in Virginia, the Spanish radio is right wing. They're being brainwashed to pull the ladder up behind them by racists. It is a disturbing trend that a lot of Latinx voters are uh, – start, they're starting to trend um, as more and more conservative, which is problematic. And problem, a lot of it potentially is based in faith. But I know it's unfortunate how people can be manipulated into voting against their best interests. I mean – you had somebody on the news where it was a Hispanic guy and he voted for, or he's, he's, he's voted for Donald Trump and then he got deported. I was like, ha, serves you right, asshole. Um, 
Let's see, Robert the great Rodney King once said, can't we all just get along? Why are there red states and blue states? Well, there are red states and blue states specifically because in the year 2000, when we had an extended election period where it took forever to determine who the president was, that year, the Democratic states just happened to be the blue states and the Republican states just happened to be the red states. In previous years, they'd mixed and matched and there was no rhyme or reason as to why the states were the particular colors that they were. Um, now, Obama said um, one time that there are, uh, there are no red states, there are no blue states, there are the United States of America. Um, I think I do. I have that clip still saved up here. Do, 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 do. I might have deleted it. I don't know. Oh, there's the Chopper City one. <laughs> um, I know that that's Robert's favorite favorite one, right? It's the Chopper City ad. Um, I might have to play that just because it's fun and it'll be a short. It'll give me the opportunity to take another drink. I don't see the oh oh there it is there it is. It is that fundamental belief. I am my brother's keeper. I am my sister's keeper that makes this country work. It's what allows us to pursue our individual dreams and yet still come together as one American family. E pluribus unum, out of many, one. Now, even as we speak, there are those who are preparing to divide us. The spin masters, the negative ad peddlers, who embrace the politics of anything goes. Well, I say to them tonight, there is not a liberal America and a conservative America. There is the United States of America. There is not a black America and a white America and Latino America and Asian America. There's the United States of America. The pundits, the pundits like to slice and dice our country into red states and blue states, red states for Republicans, blue states for Democrats. But I've got news for them, too. We worship an awesome God in the blue states, and we don't like federal agents poking around in our libraries in the red states. We coach Little League in the blue states, and yes, we've got some gay friends in the red states. There are patriots who oppose the war in Iraq, and there are patriots who supported the war in Iraq. We are one people, all of us pledging allegiance to the Stars and Stripes, all of us defending the United States of America. There you go. So, again, Obama was wrong <laughs> because of the fact that it's nice. I mean, it, it's a nice, thrilling, you know, meaningful thing where, where he tried to get everybody to come together, but the Republicans were having none of it. The Republicans, I think that was after he won. I, I, I could be wrong. But I think that was after he won. Uh, meanwhile, during that probably that same time, you had people like Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell and other people who were working very hard to uh, undermine every single thing. Like they said that they were going to block every single thing that Obama wanted to pass. That was their job. That's the only thing that they were intended to block everything. And because we still had the filibuster in full back then. Uh, they could do it because the Democrats didn't have 60 seats in the Senate, except for like 40-something days, uh, because, you know, it took a while. You didn't have um, 
I always forget his name when I want to say the name, the, the guy from Pennsylvania that flipped. You didn't have him flip until, I think, June of, tw- of 2009. And then Al Franken didn't take his seat until July of 2009 because there were some shenanigans and recounts going on with that election. And then you, that's when you finally had 60 votes in the Senate so you could get things done like the first part of the Affordable Care Act. Then you could pass the, the Matthew, Matthew Shepard hate crimes bill and some other things that they were able to get done in that small amount of time. But then Ted Kennedy died. So when Ted Kennedy died, you stopped having 60% of the Senate. And then you had to wait for the governor of Massachusetts to, to appoint somebody temporarily. So he appointed a Democrat. So then for that small period of time between him being appointed and Scott Brown getting elected, you still you had 60 votes in the Senate. Then Scott Brown gets elected, you have 59 again because the Democrats, the person who ran against Scott Brown was terrible. She lost twice. It's terrible. Horrible person. Um, but, yeah. I disagree strongly with Obama. I, I, I like Obama's, you know, I like his, the fact that he wants that to be true. I mean, we, we, you need that in a leader. You want the leader to be able to say, this is the truth, but, and, and, and push, that's why Joe Biden pushes for that, but you can't do it when you have half the country completely working against you and you have the politicians put completely working against you. And you have politicians that are so bad that they won't even investigate people who instigated an insurrection against this country in 2001, on January 6, 2001. Which brings me to one of the other parts of the coup, which is the literal insurrection. A lot of people don't remember, some people do, but it's not talked about nearly enough that Donald Trump specifically tweeted out how January 6th was going to be wild. He knew what was going down. Uh, He, you know, the Republicans will lie about Nancy Pelosi, that Nancy Pelosi prevented somehow the National Guard from showing up. That's not what Nancy Pelosi did. Nancy Pelosi didn't have the power to do that. But when Donald Trump wanted the National Guard to show up, he didn't want the National Guard to show up to protect the Capitol. No, no. Nay, nay, as John Panette might say. Uh, he wanted the National Guard to protect his protesters, the people who were coming to, to support him. He wanted the National Guard to protect them from any harm. He wanted the military to back his coup. And he may have said things that give some potential plausible deniability to whether or not he instigated or not. I don't think they should, it would hold up. Um, but, but maybe he said some things like, you know, oh, be peaceful or whatever. But no, he, he said it was going to be wild. The people who came to D.C. knew that it was going to be wild. And then, and, and were came to D.C. specifically because they, they believed that Donald Trump invited him and wanted them to not just come to D.C., not just come to his rally and protest the you know, stolen election or whatever, but they wanted him, they, wanted, he, they believed that he wanted them to do more, to, to interfere with the election. That's why you had people with gallows uh, on, you know, in front of the Capitol, erecting gallows, saying, hang Mike Pence or whatever. It is what it is. Thank you, Donald. Uh, let's see. The, but, but several of these folks, the leader of the Proud Boys and four of the men, members, were indicted in federal court for seditious conspiracy and other offenses related to the U.S. Capitol breach. Uh, defendants include Henry Enrique Tario, 38 of Miami, Florida, former national chairman of the Proud Boys, Ethan Nordian of Auburn, Washington, Joseph Biggs of Ormond Beach, Florida, Zachary Well, 37 of Philly, and Dominic Pazola of Rochester, New York, all previously were indicted and remained detained 
They pled not guilty to the charges contained in earlier indictments. The superseding indictments add two charges to the early indictment, one count of seditious conspiracy and one count of conspiracy to prevent an officer from discharging any duties. All defendants now face a total of nine charges, and Pozzola faces an additional robbery charge. Defendants are scheduled to appear on a hearing on June 9th, so tomorrow, in the District of Columbia. According to court documents, Proud Boys themselves describe themselves as a member of a pro-Western fraternal organization for men who refuse to apologize for creating the modern world, a.k.a. Western chauvinists. Though the, at least January 6, 2021, Terrio was the chairman of the organization in mid-December of 2020. Terrio created a special chapter of the Proud Boys known as the Ministry of Self-Defense. As alleged in the indictment from in or around December 2020, Terrio and his co-defendants, all of whom were leaders and members of this so-called Ministry of Self-Defense, conspired to prevent, hinder, and delay the certification of the Electoral College vote and to oppose by force the authority of the government of the United States. On January 6, 2021, the defendants directed, mobilized, and led members of the crowd onto Capitol grounds and into the Capitol, leading to dismantling of metal barricades, destruction of property, breaching the Capitol building, and assault on law enforcement. During and after the attack, Terrio and his co-defendants claimed credit for what had happened on social media and in an encrypted chat room. A sixth defendant, who was earlier charged with the group, pled guilty on April 8, 2022. Charles Donahoe, 34, of Kernersville, North Carolina, pled guilty to conspiracy to construct, obstruct an official proceeding and assaulting, resisting, or impeding officers. And this, this case is being prosecuted by the U.S. Attorney's Office of the District of Columbia, the, Justice Depart- the Department of Justice, National Security Division, Counterterrorism Section, and Department of Criminal Justice Division's Organized Crime and Gang Section. It's being investigated by the FBI. Washington Field Office, the charges are an investigation are the result of significant cooperation between the agents and staff among numerous FBI field offices and law enforcement agencies. So, um, and of course, you know, the radio show that I sometimes listen to in the morning where I get much of my words of redneck wisdom, uh, refer to these people as political prisoners and not, you know, insurrectionists or, or as, as such. Um, so, yeah, so that's a problem, I suppose. Loose for the Doberman. Did you just say Latin X? Yes, I did, because that is the way that some people prefer, prefer to have uh, people of that uh, background referred to, and uh, it's gender neutral. Uh, let's see. Let's continue scrolling in the chat. Uh, let's see. They get, we get lazy when a Dem is in office until Trump. Uh, they hired a busload of people to come in. Yes. They put together a case with one of the thousand litigants. DOJ is coming for all of them. Mark my words, DOJ is coming in because they have done such extensive investigation so that he can't slip out. And here's the thing. Uh, I know many people who are like, what's taking them so long? I'm like, they're building a case. They're building a solid case against these people. And they want the charges to stick. So I'd rather them take a year, a year and a half to develop, the, to, to work on the charges and to, and to get all their ducks in a row to dot all their I's and cross all their T's and, and make sure that everything is perfect so that when they come to the court, they don't screw up like they did with Kyle Rittenhouse in that prosecution. <sighs> Liberal Dan, show me proof that Donald Trump wanted National Guard to protect supporters. <sighs> I could give you a let me Google that for you link. Donald Trump National Guard. Uh, let's see. Protect supporters. I was looking at this just earlier today. Oh, there we go. There's the Reuters. 
there's the word right there. I did get it. Let's uh, bring this over. Bring this over down here. Let's say. Ah, things being stupid. Do do do. Let's uh, window. Let's look at the settings of the window. We are going to. Oh, we want that's automatic. We want it to be that one. Okay. And then we are going to bring it up over here and cover my face. Uh, Reuters. Come on. There we go. Trump wanted troops to protect his supporters at January 6th rally. Uh, May 12th, Reuters. President Donald Trump wanted National Guard troops in Washington to protect his supporters at a January 6th rally that ended with them attacking the U.S. Capitol, leaving five dead. Trump's former Pentagon chief testified on Wednesday. Trump's former Pentagon chief testified on Wednesday. So he gave testimony under oath that Donald Trump wanted the National Guard troops in Washington to protect his supporters. Former acting defense secretary Christopher Miller told a House of Representatives panel that he spoke with Trump on January 3rd, three days before the now former president's fiery speech that preceded the violence that led to his second impeachment. According to Miller's testimony, Trump asked during that meeting whether the District of Columbia's mayor had uh, requested National Guard troops for January 6th, the day Congress was to ratify Joe Biden's presidential election victory. Trump told Miller to fill the request. Uh, the former defense secretary testified. Uh, Miller said Trump told him, do whatever is necessary to protect demonstrators that were executing their constitutionally protected rights. Miller made the remarks during a contentious hearing held by House Oversight Committee, which is investigating security failures in the days leading to the riot. So this wasn't even in the January 6th committee hearing. This is to a different oversight committee, again, under oath. So there you go. Um, let's see. Robert National Guard technically could not interact with the people. That's why they were directing traffic. Um, but again, what could or couldn't happen doesn't, doesn't necessarily, you know, the people couldn't prevent the Congress from ratifying the election and making sure that the duly elected president was uh, installed as president on January 20th, because on January 6th, they were going to do their constitutional duty. Technically, technically Donald Trump believed that Mike Pence could stop them from doing that, but Donald Trump was wrong. But that doesn't mean that we don't talk about what Donald Trump wanted to do. Same thing with the total and complete ban on Muslims entering the country. Uh, when when you know, the conservatives will often come back to that statement saying, well, he only implemented a ban against seven nations, just like Obama did. Right. He did that, but he wanted more. He campaigned on more. And we shouldn't have to wait till somebody gets everything that they want before being concerned about what they want. We should be able to be concerned about what they want from the beginning, especially if that person wants to be leader of the free world, which is what we usually refer to as the president. Um, so what again? What Trump wanted, and what and what happened, or what can legally happen to do? Trump wanted a lot of things that couldn't legally happen. Trump wanted uh, them to uh, go after the protesters and like to pepper spray protesters or whatever, or to shoot them who were trying to block his way to do his little thing at the church where he held the Bible upside down or what have you. Um, Aaron West said, Robert Douglas, Google. He said it. You know, I mean, yeah, but. I, I, if it's easily provable, I will also bring it up on the podcast. I will also go hunt it down and show it on screen so you can see, uh, see it is, see what it is, see it is what it is. Uh, let's 
close that window. Um, Kinky Streets, I have known of Trump since the 70s. I'm happy my dad didn't have to see him president. Trump's a POS. Central Park 5 was enough for me. Absolutely. Central Park 5 was, was ridiculous. That He took a two-page ad in, the, in one of the newspapers, one New York Times, was it? Basically talking about how it was terrible that the Central Park 5 was uh, acquitted or, or was um, – we're, we're not guilty. He was like, no, they're really guilty. Um, <laughs> Brian, show proof of things there's evidence of. Easiest ask ever. I like the easy ask. I like low-hanging fruit. Low-hanging fruit make it very easy for me to prove my point, if you will. Um, let's see. Aaron West, you need to prove your point. To me. Well, I proved my point, so hopefully there you go. Um, Trump was fined for racial discrimination in his apartment buildings in the 70s. Yep, he was fined, I think. I think that's what you meant to say. Um, <laughs> Jolie, uh-oh, what was that? Is that, oh, it's proof. Yes, Kinky Street's clarified fine. Uh, but you still didn't prove, Trump said it, you offer hearsay. That's not hearsay. <laughs> uh, Anna Moy, can't wait for them to get Trump. Uh, me too. Uh, hopefully that is the case. Heresy. Should be heresy. Um, everything is freaking her- hearsay, but it all adds up. It isn't a trial. Uh, a political poll found that only 2% of Hispanics prefer the term Latinx. Okay. I mean, some polls. Now, how many don't? How many how many of them, while they don't prefer it, how many of them um, are opposed to it, I should say? So let's, let's pull that. Poll people, P-O-P-L-E-P, oops, that's all right. Uh, oppose term. Let's see if that can come up with anything. See, Pew Research Latinx is just used by 3% of Hispanics. Okay, fine. Um, about one in four have heard of Latinx, just three use it. Uh, young Hispanic women among the most likely to use the term. Um, 76% have not even heard the term Latinx, so they don't know whether or not they would want to like it or dislike it. Um, not common practice, but just because something isn't common practice doesn't make it a wrong to do or bad to do. Uh, and again, you know, here on Liberal Land Radio, I try and be as inclusive as possible. And I, unless I'm, unless there's a consensus of people who are Latinx who don't want to be called Latinx, that unless, unless it comes out that they really it's, it's something that's harmful and not something that's good to do, then fine, I'll stop it at that, at that point. But that being said. Just because it isn't popular doesn't mean it's not the right thing to do. Um, U.S. born are more likely than the foreign born to have haven't had used the term. Uh, Hispanics who are predominantly English speakers or bilingual are more likely than those who mainly speak Spanish to say the term. Uh, Hispanics who identify with or lean towards the Democratic Party are more likely to have heard of it than those who identify or lean towards the Republican Party. Um, awareness doesn't translate to use. Um, uh, Hispanic ages, women ages at 18 to 19, 14% say they use it, considerably higher share than the 1% of Hispanic men in the same group who say that they use it. So, I mean, yeah, people don't know about it, but just because people don't know about a lot of things until they learn about it, and then they decide whether or not they want to use it or not. So I'll continue to use it as uh, as I see fit until, it is, until anybody comes to me and says, 
the, the, the consensus among Hispanic folks is to not use the term Latinx, in which case I'll stop using it. Because, you know, refer to people and refer to people in the way that we should be referred to. If I knew somebody specifically who was um, somebody of Hispanic origin and they decided, uh, they told me specifically that they did not like to be referred to as Latinx and they preferred either Latino or Latina, I would refer to them as a Latino or Latina uh, as they wished. Because again, you call people what they want to be called. The man wants to be called Muhammad Ali, then God damn it, he should be called Muhammad Ali. Um, see, Banana buoy is that sort of like a Baba buoy thing? I'm here after looking up America on YouTube. What's the discussion? Um, <clears throat> we've been going all over the place for the last bit. It's mostly about, you know, the attempts for the last, since, you know, 2010, for the Republican coup against this country. Um, trying to take over and make sure that they have rule as a minority party. Um, Brian, there's a lot of gender bigotry built into the language. That's why there's resistance. Yes, and that's another point, is that um, uh, Hispanic terms, like they're, they're doing so, like they, the terms for they, it's not, there's no gender, there's no gender non-specific form of them or they. Uh, it's either like, you know, you have AOS and AOS is for them. So for AOS for things that use the male terms and AOS for ones that use the female terms, there's no version that refers to a group of them that are not, that are non-binary, so to speak. Uh, so that, that I guess that's, you know, the, I guess the problem that the people who brought up with Latinx are trying to fix because there are people who are, you know, non-binary, gender non-conforming, gender fluid, and any other valid forms of gender expression that uh, are not met by the existing way that Spanish rules work. So let's see. Kim Chi, you haven't proven that they hate it. Next. Thank you. Um, it's about civil rights. Just because there's not representation doesn't mean representation isn't needed. Um, Baba B- Banana. I keep wanting to say Baba Booey because of Howard Stern, but Banana Booey. Um, is it like a banana buoy, like a bowie, like like the buoy in the ocean, or are you go playing? Like, what's the play on words there? I really want to know. Um, it's hard for some Spanish speakers to find the X sound. Somewhat difficult. Fine. Um, who's done? We still what? Um, Aaron, thank you. You're welcome. I'm, I'm not sure what you're thanking me about, but you're welcome. Thank you too, Aaron. <laughs> thank you especially for joining in on the NerdyDan.com. If you want to join me with nerdy gaming nerdy stuff there's always my other channels nerdy dan d-o-t-c-o-m on twitch tiktok Twitter, twitter facebook and youtube a bunch of different videos there i just created came up with a new stinger or new beginning or intro for my gaming videos and uh i showed it to my kids and they loved it so i was very proud of what i did there uh, nerdy dan um future few change the language and want latina let's see to vote down Latinx. So let's see. Blah, blah, blah. As an English speaker, I have a hard time saying it. Needs another syllable like Latinx, <laughs> maybe. Um, okay, so they are doing the Baba Booey thing. Okay, that's fine. I mean, I'm not. I used to listen to Howard Stern a bunch. I don't anymore. But um, wow, you're going way back in the day with all of them. I mean, I mean, I'm saying you're going way back in the day with all the Baba Booey stuff and all the different names. As long as you don't do the rah rah one. If you do the rah rah one, you're going to get banned or modded at least. You're going to be silenced if you do the rah rah one. Um, yeah, Gary Delabate. It isn't good anymore. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's because shock jockery has kind of went away. 
Um, I also used to listen to Opie and Anthony, but Anthony got way too conservative for me to even want to listen to his show, even his show prep. Um, and I don't know where Opie went, um, but, you know, they were shock jocks and did shock jockery as well. Um, and now I listen to mostly political stuff because I've grown up. Um, he acts like his parents now. It's wild. <laughs> oh, sometimes that, that's, that's the all moment we all dread, isn't it? When we, uh, all, uh, when we all form and become our parents. I wanted to ask, I wanted to say that I really want to have somebody else uh, play the sound, uh, play, play me the, the buy me a coffee sound again, uh, because that was just too perfect earlier. <laughs> Let's see, why does Stern get a pass from liberals? Not I don't think he gets a pass. I think Stern has been, uh, throughout his career, he's been, at least when he, when he was terrible, he was often criticized by folks on the left. Uh, however, um, However, uh, I think nowadays I don't hear him doing as much of the shock jockery that he used to do. That's probably why, I mean, I don't think he's getting a pass at this point. I think he's simply not doing the things that would generate the controversy that he used to do. And he's having a more serious, I think, uh, radio conversation with um, folks who are um, pop stars and, and, and politicians and you know, he had like Hillary Clinton on his show uh, during the campaign. Why? In, I think in 2016, I think he had Hillary Clinton on his show. And I did watch that interview. And that was a good interview. Uh, back in the day when I was in high school, Howard Stern wouldn't have had Hillary Clinton on his show. He would have had uh, two lesbians making out on his show. Um, let's see. Anna, are you doing a viewing of the hearing tomorrow? Probably not. I would like to. I really would like to do a live stream uh, review of the hearing tomorrow um, live during the hearing. The problem with that is that I have my full-time job currently. I haven't, I haven't grown the liberal Dan radio empire into a, into a place where I could survive only doing liberal Dan radio. Uh, so unfortunately, so, Maybe I might do an after. I'm thinking about doing a, a something tomorrow live. Maybe that's what I should do tomorrow evening. Maybe I should do a a follow up, I guess, of uh, watching the hearings that were that were on on watching them later and doing uh, that. Or I don't know. There might be too much clutter there. I don't know. I haven't decided if I'm going to do that or if I'm going to do the critical race theory thing tomorrow night or if I'm going to do anything tomorrow night. It's possible I might be doing something tomorrow night. I don't know yet. Um, let's see. Kim Sheen understood Howard Stern now or ever. Truthfully, Howard Stern isn't that popular anymore. It's true. I mean, he has his Sirius XM channel, and I never listen to it. So um, Midas Touches is viewing the hearings tomorrow. Who's that? Um, that's the other thing. It's like there are probably lots of people that are going to be doing live streams about the hearing tomorrow. So I don't know what possibility of that would be for me to get much traction if other people are going to do it as well. Um, so I try not to duplicate what too much what people do. Um, you know, some clearly, I mean, people reviewing other videos is something that's done often on YouTube. Uh, but I'm trying, I'm trying to be somewhat unique and somewhat go targeting different things so that 
you get more of a widespread, which is why I got, which is why at the end of the day to, to do the shameless plug of not just myself, but of Demodox, of Nimbus Ocean, of other, uh, you know, my, I would say the minor league of political podcasting, um, why we need to have support because we need to grow our farm team, like in baseball. In baseball, you have the minor leagues. You have single A, double A, triple A, and then you have the majors. Um, you have to develop your farm team in order to have a good team at, at, the, at the top professional level. If you don't develop your farm teams, you're not going to have that talent when you need it on the big stage. So we need, as a, as a, as a group of people who are left-leaning, progressive, liberal, leftist, whatever you label you want to use, we need to have a bunch of people um, getting behind and supporting these shows like, like myself, like Nimbus Yosh, like Demodox, like and many other ones of, of folks who may or may not, you know, have different parts of, you know, groups of, of marginalized groups that ever t- listen to their voice too. Um, because everybody's lots of voices who don't get heard also need to be heard. That's why sometimes I do try and have people on my show uh, to allow them to use to use my platform to spread their message because it's not my job to spread their message. It's my job to amplify their message. Um, Midas, 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 is it Midas Touch or I don't know. I don't think I've heard of them. So maybe I'll have to check them out or while I'm walking in the, uh, while I'm, while I'm working or while, whilst I have it on in the background, perhaps. Um, yeah, it's, it's, stuff when you want to do things with the show and you can't because you have other obligations like, you know, paying your bills and mortgage and stuff like that. (laughs) Anyway, if you do want to see Liberal Land Radio grow to a point where we are, where I can do this full time and where I can, you know, make this as a living, um, I would love to have that happen. That's my ultimate dream of happening um, where I do like, That'd be 90 to 90, you know, 80 to 80 to 90 percent uh, political stuff. And then the other 10 percent, I'd go over and, and I try and get affiliate over on Twitch with my nerdydan.com stuff and, and you know, do some Nerdy Dan gaming as well. I've half thought of, 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 of wrapping Nerdy Dan under the umbrella of Liberal Dan and have nerdydan.com being a, a Liberal Dan project and have it just be uh, have it just be like, you know, be to talk about politics while some gaming or whatever. Um, what are you wedding, Aaron? I don't know what you're wedding. I don't want to do this full time. <laughs> are you just being, are you feigning shocked? Because, you know, you're, <laughs> is that the goal of everybody who's on here? Is that what they would love to be able to do it? Far time. Let's see. Liberal Dan America likes the once a week of your show. Twice a week, I think it may start to drink. Uh, then maybe I should get sponsors who are uh, alcohol. Get Liberal Dan Radio, sponsored by Captain Morgan. Put a little captain in you. Listen to Liberal Dan Radio. Talk from the left, that's right. See, it just works. <clears throat> Although, I don't know if I want to combine put a little captain in you with Liberal Dan Radio. That might be taken the wrong way. <laughs> um, but no, I, um, you know, I, I've kind of structured the... I, I have to look at the... I, I would have to relook at the costs of the hour sponsors... I think I want to I want to make it so that the hour sponsors rate are the rate that I would want to charge if I was going to make this a real five day a week three hour day show. Um, Aaron teasing you about not knowing my decision. Oh, okay, that's fine. Um, maybe I do. I just not recognizing the name off 
just from sight. Maybe I need to look it up and see otherwise. Um, Kim Chi, my daughter plays something or other. She designs skins. It's Greek to me. Is it Fortnite that your daughter plays? Because my, my sons got me into playing Fortnite. And, well, now I play more than they do. <laughs> so, um, wait. It is what it is. Thank you, Donald. Um, who's getting upset? What's going on? What? I don't know what's going on. I have no idea what's going on right now. <laughs> anyway. Um, so yeah, so let's see, just to kind of review everything, uh, part of the stuff that I talked about, um, if you go to um, the link, uh, stop the coup.liberalban.com is uh, that not, do I have to put the HTTP? Uh, 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 stop the coup.liberalban. Not showing up as a clickable. There it is. There's a clickable link. There you go. So that's what I would. That, that's part of the project that I'm kind of working on with that. Uh, as I said at the beginning of the show, if if you if you're going to support the show, I would prefer that you support the Patreon over you supporting that. Um, but I but if you do also want to feel like supporting that, if we get enough support behind that, uh, I can you know I can start you know making contributions to people's campaigns under under the under the federal election laws and. And the great thing about it is I don't have to worry about the federal election laws. It's the, the, the level field people worry about it for me. So there's that. Um, so that has some information there. There is a link on here. If you go to my ch- YouTube channels here, there's the playlist for uh, the GOP coup, the four-part video series that I really do need to expand. And then there's also uh, the gerrymandering video series where I, I stopped working on that for a little bit just because I didn't see Stop the Coup gaining traction at all. Um, but uh, but I'll continue to make them, I guess, if, if, if it continues to take off. But so, again, but, you know, between all the different things with the coup going on, between the, the insurrectionists getting punished, or tra- we're trying to punish the insurrectionists, there, there are more charges against them now, to uh, the, the, mar- the uh, marginalization of voters by making sure that, like Louisiana and Ohio and many other states, redistrict in such ways to water down and dilute the power that black voters and otherwise democratic voters have in their states to make sure that uh, the Republicans remain a minority party. Uh, You have um, all the other rules in place to make voting more uncomfortable. uh, And you all, you have all the other actions that have been done since 2010, since the inception of project red map so that they could again, maintain themselves and keep themselves, um, keep themselves. It could be HD. Let's see. Um, If I type it in normally, it's going to come out to the level field site. Let's see if I can do it this way. That does come up HTTPS. So um, anyway, so that site has some links. I have some uh, how badly does your state gerrymander. I have a link to the minicast where I'm talking about all this stuff as well. I should add some more links to that page and talk about the GOP uh, talk about the GOP coup as well, add some more links to that. I can talk to level field people about doing that as well. But again, I'm also, you know, if, if you want to help me do this as a more full-time thing, just, you know, make sure to share videos with your friends, uh, make sure to, uh, you know, like them and subscribe to the channel. If you haven't subscribed to the channel already, uh, make sure to, uh, you know, 
do whatever you can just to just spread the word, I guess. Um, I, let's see. Naw D, Proud Boys Conviction. Let's hope that we get the Proud Boys Conviction. Uh, we, hope, we can hope that we, you need to, people need to be punished for what they did. And I just don't understand the mindset that occurs in the um, eyes of the people who view these people as like political prisoners um, because they always try to manipulate the conversation because they want to talk about like the, what, the morning show guy that I listen to, Jeff, he'll talk about the guy that, that I was talking about a few shows ago. Um, Lang, I think is his last name. He's one of the people who's been sitting in jail and, you know, He'll talk about, oh, all he was doing was trying to help people that day, just like Kyle Rittenhouse was just trying to help people. Now, that guy uh, was one of his charges is doing is committing assault against a police officer, and he stole one of their shields. So, yeah, he's sitting in jail because he assaulted a police officer. And these guys are supposedly black the blue, back the blue. But they're not. They don't back the police in all cases. They only back the blue when the blue are charged with um, – killing black people. That's when, that's when they want you to back the blue, when they're killing black people. When the blue are stopping white people from uh, being, you know, doing what they want to do, that's when they, you know, will call them, you know, call the police officers thugs and, and, and speak out completely against uh, the police departments and, and other forms of law enforcement like the FBI because they don't want to be held to the standards that, you know, they don't want to be held to those standards. They want to, they want to be held to different standards. They want, they want certain standards for them and certain standards for other people. And I think I might end the show. We'll see. I mean, me saying that I might end the show, what was that? Me saying that I might end the show and me actually ending the show are two different things. I could say that I want to end the show after I read this thing and then we could talk for another 50 more minutes uh, because that's been known to happen before. Um but let's see. Let's. I mean, I want to scroll on because I retweeted this thing. Um, oh, then there's the other thing that, you know, again with the uh, hypocrite of the week being uh, Fox News. You know, Fox News ran 1,998 primetime segments on Benghazi, but they won't. Um, they won't air anything about the January 6th hearings. Why? Because they don't want to upset their poor people. They don't want to upset their fans. This is a funny tweet. Uh, this Chuck Grasley tweeted out somebody met with the Sparks family Preston oh, today. Today, They drove from D.C. to Iowa, so we talked about soaring gas prices. You could think you could do it on the phone? I mean, you think you could do it on the phone? Because here you go. At underscore Ethan Gray on Twitter. He posted this two days ago. He goes, this is a thread on Republican messaging the press doesn't want you to have a direct conversation with you about this. So as a former Republican who is now a consistent Democratic voter, I will. And it's a thread. So I retweeted this, but I'm going to share some of the points here as well. I might just read the whole thing. Here is the Republican message on everything of importance. One, they can tell people what to do. Two, you cannot tell them what to do. This often gets mistaken for hypocrisy. There's an additional layer of complexity to this later in the thread. But this is the basic formula. So maybe I might call I might call them hypocrite of the week, but maybe there's more. You've watched the Republican Party champion the idea of, quote, freedom, while you have also watched the same party openly assault various freedoms, like the freedom to vote, freedom to choose, freedom to marry who you want, and so on. If this has been a source of confusion, 
There are these, your assessments of what Republicans mean by freedom were likely too generous. Here's what they mean. One, the freedom to tell people what to do. And two, the freedom from being told what to do. Uh, the Republicans talk about valuing freedom. They, they're speaking of it in the sense that only people like them should ultimately possess it. So with this in mind, let's, example, let's examine some of our political issues with an emphasis on who is telling you what to do. And hopefully there will be no ambiguity about what the Republican Party message is ever again. Let's start with the COVID-19 pandemic. We were told by experts in infectious diseases that to control the spread of the pandemic, we had to socially distance, mask, mask, and get vaccinated. So in a general sense, we were being told what to do. Guess who had a big problem with that? All Republicans saw were certain people trying to tell them what to do, which was enough of a reason to make it their chief priority to insist that they will not be told what to do, even though they were told to do so, that they were told to do so could save lives, including their own. As you can see, this is a very stunning commitment to their refusing to be told what to do. So much so that it is not, in fact, pro-life. But Republicans will nevertheless claim to be pro-life. That is because they recognize pro-life can be used to tell people what to do. The reason they say they're pro-life when they are trying to tell women what to do with their bodies is not out of genuine concern for human life, but because they recognize that in this position, they can tell women what to do with their bodies. That's why you use, when you use the same appeal, quote, pro-life, when you ask Republicans to do something about gun violence in schools, it doesn't work because you are now in the position of telling Republicans what to do. That's precisely why they don't want to do anything about it. Gun violence in schools is not a problem, but their children having to wear a mask is. That's their view because somebody's telling their children what to do. Dead children don't bother them, but telling their children what to do, only they should do that. They claim to be for, quote, small government. End quote. But they, what that really means is the government that tells them what to do should be as small as possible. But when the Republican Party recognizes it has the opportunity to tell people what to do, the government required for that tends to be large. The reason Republicans are so focused on the border isn't because they care about border security. It's because they recognize it as the most glaring example of when they can tell other people what to do. That's their favorite issue. You want in? Too bad. Get out. If the Republicans, and I think there's more to it than that, I think there's bigotry there as well, but I mean, I don't have to agree with everything he says. If the Republicans could do this on every social space, tell the people who aren't like them too bad, get the F out, I'm here to assure you that it would be something resembling their social society, their ideal society. Now, there are economic policies that we propose that we can demonstrate would be of obvious benefit to even Republican voters. So how do Republican leaders kill potential support for these policies? Make the issue about who is telling them what to do the focus on the fact that Democrats may raise, raise taxes, even when it's painfully obvious that Democrats aren't going to raise taxes on everyone or only going to raise taxes on a very few people. What's important here is that the Democrats are telling certain people what to do. If you want to know why Republicans can easily be talked out of proposals from the Democratic Party that are shown to benefit them, it is precisely because they have to entertain the idea of Democrats telling certain people what to do. What you didn't understand from the very beginning is that Democrats should not ultimately be in the position to tell anybody what to do. Only the Republicans should be in a position to tell people what to do. On the issue of climate change, a lot of them don't regard it as a serious issue to the extent that they think it's a hoax. This is because when you tell Republicans to do something for the sake of the planet, you are still ultimately telling them what to do. Furthermore, you are conceiving the planet as a thing that all human beings should have to share. I'm here to assure you that the GOP's main concern with the planet is to ensure that they don't have to share it. Now, here's where things get interesting. 
when you explain to Republicans you want them to do something and explain it on the basis of benefiting other people, you've really crossed the line. Not only did you tell them what to do, you told them to consider other people. The whole point of an arrangement where you can tell people what to do but not be told what to do is precisely to avoid having to consider others. This is why their ideal arrangement uh, is so they don't have to do that. As you can see, this is a very toxic relationship with the idea of who can tell who what to do, so much so that it seems that the entire point is to conceive a, quote, right, end quote, type of people who can tell other people what to do without being told what to do. That's the point. So let's add one more component to the system for who tells who what to do. There are, quote, right human beings, and then there are wrong ones. The right ones get to tell the wrong ones what to do. The wrong ones do not tell the right ones what to do. As you can see, I've just been talking about white male supremacy and the accompanying caste system structure it enforces all along. And I'm talking about this because the message of the Republican Party is that is quite like it. But I realize that we are operating in an environment where white male supremacy is so entrenched that the press can't even conceive of the Republican Party agenda of sorting the, quote, right human beings from the wrong ones as maybe presenting a messaging problem. This is because the press has chosen to accommodate the Republican Party in a very specific way. It normalizes the Republican agenda, and it normalizes framing of the responsibility for stopping that agenda as ultimately being on the Democrats, which is something that I did not do here on Liberal Dan Radio. I specifically did the opposite by saying that it was in the hands of the Republicans who want um, significant gun control legislation like a universal background check law. Uh, that it's not the responsibility of the Democrats to do it. It's the, it's the responsibility of the Republicans to step up and say, we're not going to stand for you opposing this, and if you oppose this, we're going to vote you out. So at least I, as being part of the, quote, media, understand that that's not what we should be doing. So uh, continue on with what Ethan Gray is saying. Think about it. White supremacy is not allowed to be viewed as a messaging problem, even when it's a threat to democracy. Because if it's a messaging problem to Republicans, that sounds like you're telling them that it's a problem that they, have, that they have to solve. Anyway, I made this thread mostly because I realized that the press has a messaging problem, namely in the sense that they seemed extremely averse to explicitly identifying the messages of the Republican Party. It's called white male supremacy. Thanks for reading. So that is the thread from Ethan Gray that I retweeted today. So I say, even though it's not May. Oh, Lord. Wait, we have 2,000 mules being talked about now? Nice. Let's see. Let's see. 2,000 mulls shows how Dems will stay in power. No, 2,000 mulls is full of crap because it takes a lot of – from what I've, I haven't watched the whole thing yet, um, but from, the, from what I've seen about it, I've seen that basically they've taken some information and said, okay, here's how people were acting like in using their cell phone data. And we tracked some of these cell phone unique identifiers, and some of them passed by these voting boxes. And therefore, we're going to assume that they were going to the voting boxes and not just passing them by. Ridiculous. Um, 2,000 mules in 88 minutes is about 2.0 seconds per mule in Dinesh's donkey show. Maybe he does have one talent. <laughs> Hilarious. Um, and to be fair... Robert Douglas is probably one of my longest listeners, so um, I tend to tolerate Robert more than other folks who might come in and do the same thing, and I appreciate them for listening for the long time that they have. Um, Dennis DeLuzer had an affair with a, with a married 
while married, while he was president of a Christian college. How fitting. Yes, again, going back to what Ethan Gray said in this thread up here, because Republicans only like to tell other people what to do. They don't like to be told what to do. Um, Let's see. I see some fellow sparklers here. Yes, sparkling dragon. There are lots of sparklers here, uh, including myself. I am, too, a sparkler. I I am uh, one of Hal's angels, so to speak, on uh, YouTube. So, and Hal comes on the show, I guess, every month still. So I, I, I haven't officially confirmed uh, the last show of the month uh, yet. I'm still, I'm still confirming it, but I'm fairly certain that he will be on June 29th here. Um, let's see. So the GOP wants to act like pimps for the female population. Let's see. Yes, pretty much. Uh, let's see. Anybody who hasn't liked the video, please remember to like and hit that subscribe button. And if you want to support the show, patreon.com slash liberaldan or patreon.liberaldan.com. Both of them will get you there. Or you can go to the buymeacoffee.com slash liberaldanradio and buy me a coffee. But nobody is ever going to do it as great as Aaron did it. So Aaron gets that claim to fame. I might have to find that in the video and just just take it out. It's just like, boom. This is one of the most awesome moments in Liberal Dan Radio history. Um, let's see. Kinky Streets. Hal helps me feel good about what I believe in, confirms my views, and, you know, he, he, Hal does a good job of a lot of things. So um, I'm glad Hal helps you feel good. I mean, Hal said a lot of things that were needed to be said today, and lots of people were crying on his show. Um, Nadine McConnell admitted his loyalty is lying with his donors, not the greater good of Americans. Yes, that's why I oppose Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell. Um, Sparkling Dragon, Jolie has definitely made me shed a tears three times, but he always strengthens my resolve. Uh, and I've, I've picked up a couple of things, you know, I've, I've, you know, I, I directly quote him, uh, or I, I kind of quote him on when I, I was having some arguments with some extreme out there leftists uh, on Twitter the other day. And I brought up the idea that if you're, if you're choosing between what you feel is between two evils, always choose the lesser of two evils. And I've kind of twisted that around a little bit to say, uh, if you're, if you're having to, make a choice in an election where harm can be done, always vote to do the least harm, which sometimes means not voting for your preferred candidate, but making sure that the worst candidate doesn't get elected, especially if it doesn't look like your candidate's going to win. So, Robert Douglas, okay, damn, we got it. I mean, I was reading from somebody else's thread, so I I was just reading the thread. I'm glad that you got it, but, you know, there you go. Nerd Halen rocks. Yes, Nerd Halen does rock. Um, Robert Douglas, for your, let's see, what would you say? For your tolerance, we learn things from each other. That was good, Dan, the McConville. Thank you. It's one of my, one of my many impressions. Sometimes the bad, sometimes they're bad impressions. Sometimes they're good. Um, I can do a Hillary Clinton or a Bill Clinton as well. Sometimes I did not have sex with that woman. Um, do some others as well. Uh, we'll see. I, I do them as typically as they come by, but you're t- typically when the impressions come up, uh, my best one is probably the Louis Armstrong one. Um, I was at karaoke and somebody else was singing Wonderful World and I started going the icy skies of blue and the person like next to me just kind of looked around and was like, what? <laughs> so I think today may very well be the anniversary of me at karaoke another time where somebody had their back towards me and was hearing it. And they were talking to their friends. Apparently they said to their friends, 
uh, oh, they're playing Louis Armstrong on the radio. And they're like, no, that's the singer. And he turns around and his jaw dropped all the way to the floor. And he, he came to me. It was like, that was amazing. I can't believe you sounded exactly like Louis Armstrong. You did such a good job. And he gave me a hug. And so that was awesome because I'm a, I'm a hugger. I am definitely somebody who loves the hugs. So, um, see, did we ever determine the exact definition of is? I don't know what to do. I'm, I'm starting to do my Trump now. My Trump is bad. Now, here's the thing. Um, I used to say that I do a very bad Donald Trump impression, but that everybody does a very bad Donald Trump impression. Everybody does the whole, you sound like this, and you put your fingers out, and you talk like this, and say it is what it is, and it's just how they do it, except for the fact that um, J.L. Covan or whatever, uh, he's on YouTube, he's on Twitter, uh, his impersonation of Donald Trump is dead is dead correct. I mean, absolutely 100%. I mean, maybe I should bring that one up. You won't hear it if you're listening on the the blog talk radio side, but I don't think many people listen on the blog talk radio side at this point. I think I use the blog talk radio side as a tool uh, to allow me to, uh, to allow me to, uh, whatchamacallit, um, to allow me to take the phone calls and to allow me to do all that other good, fun stuff. Let's uh, bring this up and see if I can. Uh, my mouse is, again, being stupid. It's being stupid. It is what it is. Um, let's see. Here, let's bring up the thing back up so we can see. Um, are we getting, we're getting a commercial first. So we're going we're gonna to wait on the commercial real quick. Um, I think I'm going to bring this window open. There we go. We can pop open that open to see the full screen and we can skip ads. And here we go. Production. Anyway, that's uh, J.L. Coven. He's amazing. He has an amazing impression of Donald Trump. So I can no longer say that every impression of Donald Trump is bad. Um, it is what it is. Thank you. And I do understand, Naughty, that you were talking about Clinton's like, it depends on what the word is, is. I understand you were talking about that. Um, so that's, you know, I just. I never used to be able to do a Bill Clinton impression until I was listening to, um, was it Kevin Spacey? It was one of the other, I think, Kevin comedians. And he was on some radio show when he was talking about, uh, they asked him how he came up with his Bill Clinton, uh, with his Bill Clinton impression. And he said, well, first it started with Jimmy Carter, and then I added little Elvis Presley. And I was like, holy crap, that works. So, 
Wait, did who? Yes, he said sir, because sir, <laughs> this thing is really funny. Hey, Bill P., how's it going? Thank you for joining. Appreciate you for coming into the show. Um, I don't know how much of the show I have left, but appreciate you coming to the show anyway. Uh, his sentence structure is too literate. Trump never finished a single thought, much less a complete sentence. Big Lee is one of our friends. I'm, sure, I'm not sure if he really ever says Big Lee or if he's really saying Big League, like like the Big Leagues, like baseball. Like that's Big League fun or whatever. I think I think he means Big League, but I think the way he talks, it's Big Lee. It comes out Big Lee because, you know, he's not the best speaker. That's the other funny thing. Like everyone, the, the Republicans will like, attack Biden for his speech, despite the fact that he has a stutter. Um, although when I saw him in person, at, at, he was down in New Orleans. He did a part of his book tour before he ran for president. Spoke very fine. He was very fine. Um, but then uh, I have the perfect speech. I have great memory. Person, woman, man, camera, TV. I have the best memory. No one has a better memory than me. So, yeah. The new Trump impersonator on SNL is still good. Who, I don't know who's doing the Trump impersonation at this point. Um, what, is, what is the other one? I don't even know where the other one is. There it is. You know, it's called science. Thank you. Um, well, the January 6th trials expose Fox News from hiding the shadows. I don't know. Uh, it's possible. It might, it might, it might, in, there might, that's one thing. There might be some information about individual Fox News hosts who may have done things uh, that might come out in the hearings that make them look bad. And as such, uh, they may, uh, they may come off having some egg on their face and they don't want to air that own stuff on their own network and probably hoping that their listeners won't, uh, won't, uh, won't switch to other networks to go watch the, the hearings. Although one of the funniest things I saw, I think it was the daily show that posted this was that uh, the Fox News are, are denying their their watchers the ability to see themselves on TV <laughs> by not showing the January 6th uh, hearings, which was amazing. He's sparkling dragon, but he conveniently forgets his crimes until he admits them in his rallies. Yeah, uh, that that's Trump has, has admitted lots of things at his rallies. Like you know, people want to say, oh, he handled the pandemic. So no, he didn't handle the pandemic well. He even said that he wanted to stop. Te- he wanted to slow down testing. He wanted to slow it down, you know, test less. He didn't want to test as much because it made him look bad because when you test more, you get more cases or you see more cases at least. Um, so James Austin Johnson is the Trump person. And I'll have to look that up. Um, pull the string. The Trump says never would happen. Pull the string. The Trump says unbelievable. <laughs> or if you pull the Trump doll, it would be many people say, many people have said this thing, blah, 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 blah. So, Anyway, um, what else? Let's see, who watches that tonight? I, I, some, I watch. I like, I like the the weekly weekend update. I like that. Um, they've had some good bits recently. Uh, they, it had gone down for a while, but some some of the stuff they did, especially when they had like Alec Baldwin on as Trump, and they were doing some of some of the political stuff. That's always been funny. Um, Robert is the uh, is a uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not a pessimist, not a not a Debbie Downer, if you will. Um, contrarian, that's it. Contrarian is the word I was looking for. Um, it is what it is. 
don't have notifications on Twitter. Let's see if anybody responded to me with anything good. Uh, let's see. Somebody's like, yeah, I'll take the silence as victory in response to me uh, from three hours ago. Meanwhile, I was getting ready for my podcast three hours ago. So this is what I like to refer to. I have, I have a thing that uh, confuses some people. Um, I refer to this phenomena as clock blocking, C-L-O-C-K blocking. Um, not the other version, not what Alex Jones was talking about on his, on his show or, you know. My dad's cock is a lot bigger than mine. Not, not that blocking, but clock blocking with an L. Um, and the definition of clock blocking is when uh, somebody demands that you respond to them at their time instead of on your time. So if somebody says, you know, waiting for you to answer for an answer, and they're like, oh, well, he didn't respond, so I win or whatever, just like this person did. Yeah, no, it's uh, that, that's clock blocking because I should be able to answer whatever I want to answer at my own time because I don't exist to just appease others, especially those who don't contribute to the Liberal Dan Patreon. Patreon.com slash Liberal Dan. <laughs> Always got to work it in there. Like and subscribe to the channel too, folks. Uh, I mean, we do have more likes than concurrent viewers as well. But if you, oh, we also have 69 views. Nice. Um, BP, Lieutenant Dan, ice cream. But Lieutenant Dan, you don't have no legs. Um, shadows. After the January 6th trials, you should run a show and title it Our GOP Followers Brainwash and see if you bring in some of the lost from that group. Maybe. I mean, I do try and bring other people in and, to try, and, and try and watch. Um, we'll see. I, I did do that with Kyle Rittenhouse. When I was doing videos on Kyle Rittenhouse, I got people coming in to watch the show from the other side of the aisle uh, because they just were flabbergasted at the idea that I didn't think that it should be considered self-defense. And I, and I said I didn't think that he was going to be convicted because the prosecution was terrible. Of, they, they were horrible prosecutors. They were just terrible attorneys and they should quit their jobs but like and and the judge also was some some of the things that he ruled was were ridiculous to me like sometimes you should let the jury make the determination as to whether or not it's relevant to them or not like the kmart was the the target video the video where kyle rittenhouse was outside of target and was saying that if he had his gun with him right there he would start taking shots at the people who he believed were looting the target. So he believed that deadly force was justifiable in defending the property of somebody else, which is a violation of Wisconsin law. Not to say that, but to do that. You are not allowed under Wisconsin law to uh, use deadly force to protect the property of somebody else. You can use force to protect property if you meet certain criteria. Again, he didn't meet either of that criteria either. But um, the fact that the judge didn't allow that statement to be introduced as evidence was, to me, mind-blowing because to me, that showed his depraved mind. To me, that showed that he had no disregard, no regard for life, that he completely disregards life. That, that's what that meant to me, that, that he just completely disregards life, that, that he was willing, that he, that he stated, openly stated desire on, on a video that was being recorded to, that he was okay with using deadly force, that he would shoot people who, were, who he thought were trespassing or who he thought were shoplifting. And, and, and it's not even, he knew. He just thought they were shoplifting and that he, he would use deadly force against them. That's a depraved mind. That is a terrible individual. And I don't know why, if maybe they are looking into, into him or not, 
But I don't know why the Secret Service wouldn't be looking at him right now because he is now on Twitter. Uh, he is now tweeting things on Twitter. And there is a video of him firing this ridiculously ridiculous uh, – let's, let's, let's bring that up too. I guess we can bring that up. Um, we can show that video. I mean, I hate to subject people to uh, Rittenhouse, but let's see. Boom, boom. Let's show the window again. Let's pop this open. Oh, there we go. Let's rewind it to the beginning so you can see how ridiculous this gun is. I mean, that's just a machine made for death. That's not for hunting. That's not for self-defense. That's a machine for murder. And it goes, let's play that part again. Oh. So he, after shooting a big gun like that, he says, Joe Biden, you are, let's, let's, let's silence that so it doesn't over, he says, Joe Biden, you are not coming for our guns. To me, I think the Secret Service would have uh, something to say about that, because that to me seems a little, a bit of crossing the line. Um, but he is like a gunophile, and he is, the, the people, uh, and one other thing that I said during the Rittenhouse trial was that there are many adults that day that failed him because the adults there should never have allowed him to show up with a gun, with a rifle. They should, not have, they should never have allowed him to join their ranks or encouraged him to come with them to you know, do whatever it is that they were there to do, uh, because he wasn't trained to use, those, uh, to use that weapon. He wasn't trained uh, to know how to handle himself in a situation that's as volatile as that with a weapon that can, be, that can kill people. He didn't have the training to, to be able to handle any of that. And for those adults to allow him there, it's terrible. It doesn't, that doesn't mean I'm, I'm taking away from any of his responsibilities that I think he should have had in not doing what he did. But, I mean, this just shows he continues to be immature. And, he, again, you have all those adults around him who probably love the fact that they were taking a video of, of little Kyle shooting a murder weapon. So, yeah, the GOP, the GOP played him as a prop. Um, I've got to run Trek time. Is, this, is it time yet for Trek? Is it time yet for, for Brave New Worlds? Because uh, I'm, I'm, I'm watching that series too, so definitely want to watch that. Sparkling Dragon, his mother failed him more so than anyone else that day and confused. Yes, I mean, there are some misconceptions about what his mother did and didn't do. She didn't drive him across state lines with a gun. The gun was already in Wisconsin. Um, but she should have had better control. I mean, my mom, when I was that age, you know, would want to know what I was up to, what I was doing, um, wanted, you know, would, would keep track of me and make sure that, you know, I was, I think I was 17 at the time. So, yeah, she would always ask, where are you going to be? Um, what are you doing? Who are you going to be with? And then if, if I would have said, this is what I'm doing, she would have been like, nope, or I'll pick you up after you go clean the graffiti or whatever. And fine, he wanted to go clean the, clean the graffiti? Cool, I have no problem with that. Better beautify a neighborhood. I mean, you don't have to beautify your own neighborhood. You can beautify other people's neighborhoods too, and that's fine. But walking around in a volatile situation with a loaded uh, assault rifle, nope, sorry, that's not a good idea. My mom would have never uh, done that. See, Strange New Worlds, I had Paramount and get it on Thursdays. That's the thing. Uh, it's Thursdays, but, like, it's Thursday, I guess, in, in a half hour. 
Um, or maybe so. So maybe Demonox is going to watch it. Or maybe he's watching something else. I don't know. Um, I did catch up on the episode four of Kenobi, of the Obi-Wan Kenobi show, because I'm a total nerd and I need to be current on everything. Um, the people who love their guns the most are the ones who shouldn't have them. That's probably true. I mean, there is there is something to be said about the the amazing amount of just fetishizing of guns that this gun culture has created. Um, uh, Bill P, I'll forward the video to Secret Service if it's okay with you. I mean, I tagged Secret Service. So you, I mean, you don't necessarily have to uh, you don't have to do anything about it because I did tag Secret Service um, in the post. So so if someone's monitoring that account, I think they do. Um, I'm sure they know, so you don't have to necessarily use my video to do it, but it's fine. I mean, I did tag them in the, when I retweeted it. I said, look, I think Secret Service would have something to say about this. Um, and maybe after the Kavanaugh thing, ask her today, they'll check it out. Who knows? Um, what else did Bill P. say? I don't know. Um, Dan ahead of us. Good man. See, there you go. <laughs> yeah, I... I uh, See something, say something is what they say. I don't necessarily buy the entirety of snitches get stitches. Although um, the other side of the coin is don't tell on people for simply wanting to live. Like don't call the cops on people for simply living. So, because, you know, you don't want to end up with, with people getting murdered by the cops because you called the cops on them for simply living, like having a cookout or, or being too loud or some other ridiculousness that people will call the cops on when they don't need to call the cops. Anyway, I think I've had enough for tonight. I think that this will, this will be the end of this week's show. Um, so, again, thanks, everybody else, for, for joining. Again, if you haven't liked the video yet, like it. If you haven't subscribed to the channel, subscribe. You can follow me on, uh, on Twitter, Facebook, facebook.com slash liberaldan, at liberaldanradio on Twitter, liberaldanradio on TikTok, liberaldanradio here, um, everything as such, patreon.com slash liberaldan to support the show. Uh, if you can afford to support the show as little as three bucks, that'd be great. Um, if you can't afford to support the show monetarily, you can always do so um, by just subscribing to the channel and sharing videos with your friends. Find a video that you like, that you think is good, share it with your friends, tell them, hey, subscribe to the show. My goal is to get um, a thousand subs by September, by the end of September, because I've seen like the, my video, my video views has have increased since then. So if my video views increase that much, I think that by the time I hit September, I'll hit the 4,000 hours of views in the last 12 months. And then as such, if I get to 1,000, I'll be able to monetize, which means I'll then be able to do things like have subscriptions on here as well, where you'll be able to you know, become a liberal band uh, cutting linguist or master debater. Uh, thank you, Kinky Street. I appreciate you all for coming on the show, for coming and joining us with the show. Um, everybody, Nod D, Sparkling Dragon, Bill P, High in the Shadows, Demonox, Kimchi, Aaron, Jolie, um, anybody else who I may have missed and missed, you know, especially Aaron and Jolie for them being the mods. If you also want to follow my nerdy channel too, it's nerdydan.com. Uh, or you can just go to the website, nerdydan.com, and find me online as well. That's another way. I'm trying to get my Twitch channel up. I'm trying to get my Twitch views up as well. Aaron helped me with that last night. If I can get a few viewers on my Twitch stuff, I might talk politics while gaming too, but um, it's just my other side. That's my side side project, if you will. <laughs> anyway, 
let's start with, let's see, let's find the video, the audio clip. Um, so again, this is the end of this week's episode of the Banana Radio. Talk from left, that's right. I will be back next Wednesday, 8 p.m. Central, blogtalkradio.com slash the Banner with Gen Radio here on YouTube. I may very well be on tomorrow. Um, I'll announce it on Twitter or just, you know, make sure to get notifications to know when I go live. Look for me maybe about 8 o'clock if I do. And if I don't, for some reason, maybe I'll just try and hop on for a few minutes and say I'm not going to be doing anything, but I appreciate y'all. Or maybe I'll just come on and shoot the screen or whatever. Anyway, until next week, this is, if potentially until next week, this is Dan Zimmerman with Liberal Band Radio. Talk from the left. That's right.